If you want to rock and roll, you can go down and rock and roll. You can go see Kiss, and you rock and roll all your way down the pit. Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. I'm Dave, and I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you? Hello, hello, hello. It's back with episode two three six, man. Mm. We're building an innings now. Two fifty. I can feel a two fifty. And if I was batting, it, once I got to two three six, I'd be trying to bring up in boundaries. You know, cricket term for our US listeners. But yeah, just think of home runs. I'd be looking for uh, homers. I, I um, obviously, uh, if I was really playing cricket, I'd be probably cramping up right about now. Really? <laughs> if I was wow. Two three six. She's out of a hunger for runs like you wouldn't believe. Oh, I don't think you would, Dave. I think you'd be cramping up. I think you'd be a bit tired. What, at my current age? 236. At my current age, maybe, you know, but like as a sprightly 18, 20 year old, a 236, I would have been, there would have been so much ego from me as well if I was at that high score. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be giving plenty of lip service to the bowlers and all sorts of stuff. (laughs) It'd be awesome. Yeah, no, I, I am very proud of us reaching this far. Now, um, this is a special episode. Uh, it's kind of a Chuck Dixon, um, how can I say, uh, focus. It's a Chuck Dixon focus, a Chuckathon. Um, a Chuckathon, yes. Yeah, and we're, we're kind of delving into, I mean, the man's career, let's face it, when you, when you, actually, when you go to the Wikipedia, you realize just how many comics he's actually done. And it's mm. like, and so we've just selected bits and pieces um, from a hugely long and successful career. And we do have Chuck Dixon coming onto the show tomorrow night. And we're going to have an interview with him, which we are looking so forward to. And we love having Chuck on Signal of Doom. Um, there's a reason he kicks off Signal of Doom every week with his welcome. Um, and yeah, all I can say is what a pleasure. And I purposely was picking things that I, I really hadn't read and have always meant to read. So... Um, Batman versus Predator 3 is kind of our big book, but we've got several books that we'll go through when we get to Flashback Friday. Um, mm-hmm. It was, yeah, I mean, did you have a good time kind of delving into deep into the Dixon verse? Oh, it's always it's, it's always enjoyable to read yeah. uh, stuff by Dixon. So, yeah, didn't certainly didn't feel like a chore. No, definitely not. And, I mean, when you read, because I, I remember... in the This is before I really knew who creators were, you know, as in like more than just names on a page. I remember buying a lot of DC in the late 90s, early 2000s, and was always amazed by how much stuff was by Chuck Dixon. And I didn't really know who that was in terms of like, um, I wasn't big on the internet back in this period. You know, a lot of it was kind of mid-90s when I really, there wasn't as advanced an internet as now. But you were aware, just as a, as a casual reader, gee, this guy's on a lot of product and it's high quality. You know, that's that was my mm. memory. Obviously, in later years, um, I, I'm more of a recognition of who these people are, and we've got to, you know, we've got to meet up with him online and stuff, and great conversations. But I remember back then thinking, man, this is a guy who really churns out high quality product, which I think is a really, I, I think in the comics world is a really, really good thing to be able to do because you can churn out a lot of stuff. And it'd be mediocre, or you could do a little bit that's high quality, but to produce both, I really think is is a rarity and to be valued. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, sorry. I mean, I, I know it's something I've said before, but it, but but it just it really it really rings it back for me when we when we go to read this stuff. So we'll get into that uh, later in the show, um, and we are looking so forward to tomorrow. Now, I do want to say um, here in Australia, and especially in New South Wales and Sydney, there's been a lockdown for I don't know how many months, Richard. I mean, you, we were talking just before. Has it been like four or five months? Something like that, hasn't it? Uh, Something like that. I, I don't well, know. I mean, the lockdowns have gone for at least three months. Right, okay. Like and, the full-on lockdowns, all the shops closed. And King's no Comics is reopening house, now. Sort of shit. Yeah, King's Comics is reopening yeah. now. I've, I've been working from home, I think, since sometime in March. Um, I've totally forgotten how long, but I believe we're going to be going back in, around February next year. But King's Comics has been shut. Obviously, we love King's, and they are reopening... On Monday, um, with some um, you know caveats like you've got to wear a mask, you've got to show you're double vaxxed. Um, I forget whatever the other stuff was, but so they are going to be open again. They've obviously continued trading online, as have Kinekania, uh, basically another big comic store that supplies a lot of comics. Um, I'm not sure if Kinekania are opening on Monday. I don't think I've received an email to that effect, but I would assume so, wouldn't you, Rich? Um, you wouldn't let your competitor. Well, everyone's open. allowed to be open, so I mean, they they should, unless, of course, there is another caveat, unfortunately, which mm. is putting businesses in a bit of a pickle. Is um, uh, you have to be vaccinated to go back to work. Yeah, right. Yeah. What well, you mean, the actual workers? Mm. Do you? I didn't realize. Yeah, that a lot of a lot of no, well, the government hasn't mandated it, but the oh, the, a lot of the shop seems have, to be yeah. mandating yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of employers definitely have. Um, yeah, anyway, so we know that. Now, I was going to say, Rich, uh, we were having this conversation offline. I think a really good opportunity for both Kinnikania and Kings to do a 20% off sale to encourage people to come back in because there's still a lot of hesitancy amongst people. And don't make it an online sale. Make it an in-person Ooh. sale. That's my idea. Uh, I, I, dis- I disagree with I the hesitancy. I think people are chomping at the bit to get out and go to the shops. So you say there's I, no need I, for sales. I'm telling you, Monday, you'll see the shops. I think yeah, they'll be fucking You're packed. probably right. I just want a 20% off sale. <laughs> like, I know you do. I know. But <laughs> as I, I said to you, I, I said, look, that would be nice. But, you, you know, the way they might view it is that, look, we've been yeah. we've, we've been making less money during this lockdown because, you know, people may have had to watch well, the money. Well, have they, though? And... You, you wonder because, like, I mean – They've been getting government assistance uh, to pay the staff, and like yeah, know. but you never. But here's the problem: is that you obviously you don't know with the government, you know, what could happen the next week or the next month, sure. you know, because they can just change their mind. So maybe a lot of people are just like, you know what, I'm just going to save this money mm. because I don't know what is going to happen next month or next week. Sure. So you know, I, I, some people may just be, going, you know, I'm just going to just going to hold off, you know, this, you know, I'm just going to save my money and see what happens. And um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I mean, people are so eager to go to the shops that. I don't think there's a. I mean, it'd be nice for the consumer. So you're but, not I mean, saying a business, that a welcome back sale is required because I think a welcome back sale would be the great PR move. You know, it's not required. But as I said, it would be it'd be a nice gesture. But I mean, as I said, people will be chomping to to yeah, probably get, get into there. a shop and, and be able to browse and buy and all that. That I don't think they would even yeah, okay. care at the end of the day. I mean, I mean I, that's just my. I mean, I'm okay. I, I don't feel I, I've bought plenty of things online uh, during this lockdown, but. I am looking forward to going back into Kings. I'm looking forward to going down to that uh, eventually, not now, but like when we get to 80% and we get a bit closer towards Christmas, we should take that trip down to that Liverpool store we were talking about, Rich. 
Oh, um, I'll, I'll go out whenever, man. I don't have any fear of percentages and whatnot. No, well, well, let's wait a little bit for that, and and I'm definitely going to be masked for that. Um, but I, I think closer to Christmas would be nice to just go down there and have a look one day, you know? Oh, um, can't wait to get rid of these fucking masks, honestly. Yeah, I know. You, well, you've had to work with them, whereas I haven't. You mm. know? I don't I don't enjoy them either. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't love them. But when you work from home um, and tennis, you don't need it. Honestly, I'm not having to wear it very much at all, if you know what I mean. Mm. So it's oh, not man, it's, it's scaring me because it's getting to the point where I forget that it's on my face, which is really bothering me that I I'm getting to that stage where I'm forgetting about it because I don't want I yeah. don't want to wear the mask. Do you have to wear a mask on Monday when you when you from Monday? Yeah. You, so yeah. you've got to continue wearing masks in store. Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't. Even I, though I didn't technically the only people that are allowed to come into the shop are vaccinated people, so I okay, cool. I mean. Yeah. Shows a lot of faith in your vaccine. Who is who is monitoring the, the whole, like, are you vaccinated? Like, how is that being? Oh, they, they expect us to do it, but I've already told my boss, I said, I'm not doing that. Yeah, well, so I that's said, on the I, staff. I, I, actually, I actually annoyed him because I said to him, I'm sorry, mate, I'm not your Gestapo. Yeah, I love it. And he, and he looked at me and I said, and he goes, well, they're going to pay you, like, they'll pay you $100. I'm like, mate, you, you're not paying me to say papers, please. I like it. Man. I will serve customers. You can let any customer in the shop. I couldn't give a fuck if they're vaccinated or not. I don't <laughs> care. And I'm not standing at the front of the shop saying, show me your papers. I love it, Rich. You are such a, like, I love it, man. Like, I appreciate you just got a real kind of let Rome burn attitude, which I like, you know, like. It's not let Rome burn. I'm showing more, I'm showing more confidence in, in the vaccine than they are. <laughs> right. I look, it was, it's my choice. I, I did it before any mandates or whatever. Sure. Um, but the the purpose was is that look at some point I'm probably going to get COVID because sure. it's here. Right. But the whole point of the vaccine is that you don't have to fear it anymore. Yes. Like if you do get it, it's supposed to mitigate. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. You know, your symptoms and your your the effect on you and all that. So I'm like, so okay, great. I'm vaccinated. I don't care. Yeah, Let them all in. To cushion it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm I was not going to live my life in fear. You know, as I said, I said to someone, and uh, they they got all up at me because they, they they thought I was comparing it to the flu. I said, listen, if you reported every single day on the news how many people died from the flu, mm. people would start fearing plenty, the flu. Plenty of people have died from flu. In, no, but that's my in, but yeah. but they never my point is it's not reported daily, yeah, yeah. constantly no, not, no. on the news. If you did, people would start fucking living in fear of the flu for fuck's sake. Yeah, the flu can be deadly for sure. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's, it's this constant. It's this 24-hour news cycle of oh yeah bombarding people with these numbers oh, that totally. are putting the oh, dude, fear I've, in. I've switched off it, man. I've switched off it. I I, I don't care anymore. I'm just like I, yeah. I, I'm so fucking over is, it. Live with it, man. Get you know yeah. get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. Whatever. Let's just move on. Yeah. And stop living in fear. Stop living in fear. I like it, man. Living in fear is no way to live. No, no. It's, it's, it's really not. Live free, die hard. Um, That's it, man. Yeah, well, anyway, so the point is, but that's what I was trying to ask you. So, so yeah, so it's so people are supposed they're supposed to be at all stores, not just your shop, but like at Kings, they're supposed to be like a because I was like, who's doing this? So, so someone like a bouncer is going, show me your literally show me your vaccination record. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So and here's the funny thing, right? And we'll get off this topic, right? Sure. You do not have to be fully vaccinated to go into the essential shopping. Right. But you have to be fully vaccinated to go into non-essential shopping. Right. What the fuck's the difference? But I thought you guys were considered essential because... Like, no, we're yeah. not considered essential, which is why we had to be sort of closed but right. open for click and collect. Right. We couldn't allow people to shop. Uh, maybe your essentials is like 
uh, your supermarket, your pharmacy. Pharmacies, yeah, okay. That's sort of But my Petal point stations. is, there's far more people in a supermarket. Yeah. Than 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 an electronic store, do, but do, yet. Do you know that the, you can have the the research not is, people in there. The research is showing that apparently people aren't getting it in supermarkets as well. Apparently, the research is that that is not spreading in the supermarkets. So. They're thinking that maybe they overstated the danger of supermarket infection. I was reading that report, uh, I think, last night, which is interesting. I think, I'll be honest, I think they've overstated the danger, like, in general. Yeah, but probably. I mean, that's what the media does. I'm not saying it's not serious. I'm just no, saying no, I no, think no. they've I, overstated. I hear, I hear you, man. And, and people, we, we have people listen to the show who have had I, – I, I've had friends who've had COVID and a couple badly – um, and, you know, I, I know we've had people on the show and, and, and people who follow the show who've had relatives who've died. So it's definitely serious, but that doesn't mean to say that some of the media doesn't overstate some stuff. But anyway, so shops here in Australia, or at least in New South Wales, are going to be open from Monday, which includes King's. So please do go down to King's. Uh, you're going to have to show your papers. Don't blame Jim. It's the government. It's not Jim's fault. Yes. It's the government. Anyone out there, please don't fight with the staff. Yeah, yeah. Don't hassle they, the staff. It's they not. It's it. not. It's not their decision. No. At the end of it, no. That's exactly right. People who hassle staff like that are, are, are fuck a fuckwits. Basically, I, I was actually with a woman today, or behind a woman who was just so rude to, so needlessly rude to um, a shop attendant. She was placing an order. And, and and she was just being rude. Like, there was no reason for it. Mm. I heard the whole conversation. And believe you me, customer service in Australia is appalling. But the customer service in this incident was not appalling. It was fine. And there was just a very rude lady who was uh, gi- giving an order. And she just did it in the most, the worst possible way. You know? And I and I just thought to myself, oh, my God. Well, 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 Dave, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've said this before to other people. You know how, like, some countries have mandatory military service? Yes. There needs to be a mandatory retail service. Yeah. It, <laughs> when you finish school. I you agree. need to do at least one or two years in retail yeah. so that you can at least appreciate and know how you should fucking act when you go to a shop. It's very true, Rich. Very true. Not saying you've got to roll over and take shit, but you've got to act uh, more accordingly yeah, in, no. in, in that situation. Yeah, no, I hear man. Now, um, I came up with a great idea. Um, Bob Dylan, obviously, a regular on the show in terms of news updates. Sadly, we haven't got him on the signal yet, though I'm sure he will someday. Um, he had, did these famous shows, which I read about in a biography called The Supper Club Shows, back in the early 90s. And they're, they're legendary as, like, high watermark of sort of late-period Bob Dylan life, and which is interesting because he can be, he can be you know, very erratic live. Uh, I've been to 10 shows, I know. Now, I was very much... I've always had that in my brain. And then the other day, it just struck me. Hit Google, see if someone's uploaded these shows. The, the way they talked about tells me a lot more people have heard them than were there, you know? And, yeah, they mm. were on Google. Uh, not on Google, on YouTube. And um, I found them via Google, though. And, um, yeah, and anyway, so I have been listening to this, and it's like... I think it's two or three nights, and they're all combined into one big show because it goes for like four hours. I'm like halfway through. I'm in. I'm in hog heaven, man. You know, uh, <laughs> Dave is just. I'm that deep in it. I'm. 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 I'm falling asleep to it at night. Then I'm waking up and, and having to pick up where I left off. I am terrible at falling asleep with Audible. I. I got to tell you, I have so many books that I swear to God, I make it through half a chapter before I fall asleep, and I. And I have to go. I've totally lost track of whatever just happened. You know, um, go back to the stuff. yeah. Do, look, do yourself a favor. 
if you if you want to listen to something when you go to sleep, just listen to some sort of music or or, or something. Like rather like yeah. me, I always listen to audiobooks when I'm doing something, whether they be cleaning the house, drawing, sure, you know, doing stuff like I because that's the best time to do it. Because it's not don't do it when you're gonna sleep. <laughs> well, I constantly try to do it, but but I, but I but my problem, Richard, is. I always am more ambitious. Like I, I, I'm like tired, but I feel like I'm in, I, my mind's creative. I can listen to an audio book, and occasionally I can listen for a long period. But nearly every single time, it's the opposite. I get through half a chapter and I'm asleep, and I wake up and it's like seventeen chapters on, and I've got to go back and find where I was. It's a it's a fucking hassle, but yeah, it's it, it, it's funny. But I actually do like listening to music, chilled out music, and I do want to mention. Phoebe Bridges, who's an artist I really like. I don't know if you, I don't know if she's your style, Rich. She's very you have mentioned her, soft, yeah. folky, kind of sad, gay and sad. Basically, is kind of the um, <laughs> is how I would describe it if it was a genre. And, and, and it's Fair cool enough. though; it's very mellow. Anyway, she just released a new song called "That Funny Feeling." It is fantastic, and if I can find it, I'll put it on the show. It's it's I I, I heard it just before I came on here. And I was like, man, she mentions Deadpool, she mentions GTA Five, she mentions all sorts of things, Rich. She's it's almost like she's seen my fucking Twitter feed and she's just like, you know, throwing out one line is based on based on she's sort of plugged in the algorithms and she's gone, yeah. Maybe, we, well, yeah, maybe maybe you're subconsciously following her life. Well, in, indeed. But anyway, it's all it's all good. <laughs> and yeah, so but anyway, here was my idea for the supper club show. I got distracted. So mm-hmm. I, I said this to Ray. I said this to Ray, like, why don't we do a Patreon episode where we listen to the Supper Club thing separately? And this is this could be you, Richard. It could I can't think of anyone else, but someone, Ray, whoever. And then we deconstruct it over, uh, you know, like almost like if it was in the nineties, you'd smoke a bowl and, and just deconstruct it, goes track by track. What do you think, Rich? Getting to the heart of it is what I call it. Four hours, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Four hours of 1993 Bob Dylan, sometimes out of tune. Hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't expect you to say yes, Richard. But, but I am looking for that person out there because it was going to go right into the underbelly. You know what I mean? It's like, ring them bells for the wise of the dead. And that's kind of the voice he talks in as well. Like, you know, sometimes he doesn't quite hit the high note, Rich. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes he reaches for a note that's mm. not quite there. You know, he's got to hit those high notes. Well, I, I got to tell you, by '93, the old throat was starting to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, you know. imagine. Anyway, so but it's 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 just an idea that I have to to do the occasional, uh, and maybe it'll just be me. Maybe it'll be solo Dave with a mic. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like to have a ray there to bounce off in the darkness because it's going to get dark. It's going to get real dark. You know. Ring the mm. bells for the wise and the dead. I th- yeah, I think when it comes to you and music, it, it, it is going to get quite a <laughs> dark hole. <laughs> ring the ring them bells for all of those who are left. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So that's just a little teaser for something that might happen on the Patreon feed. And by the way, I do want to mention um, patreon.com slash signal of doom for as little as one dollar per month. You can join up the Patreon feed. You get access to exclusive content like my projected Bob Dylan episodes um, and more stuff like that. Dion and I are doing another Cinema of Doom 
next weekend, I believe, and um, we're doing uh, we're doing a thing called Yojimbo. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Richard. It's um, Japanese. Oh, of course. Okay. You should watch the uh, the documentary on um, on what on Kurosawa. I, you know what? I've seen one Kurosawa film ever, which was The Seven Samurai, which I really enjoyed. Mm. You know? No, there's a documentary on uh, a Kurosawa, which is um, pretty good. I'd, I'd recommend it. Okay. All right. Well, um, but anyway, that's Michael Kellershim's pick uh, to do Yojimbo. So we are going to do that next time. Um, and then the little guy, Dion, gets a pick. I, I constantly try to pick stuff for him, but he just rebels constantly, you know. I've had to block a couple of his. I've had to block a couple of his. He wanted to do Citizen Kane, and I got around to watch it. And I said, Dan, do we really have to watch this? It's going to be a bit of a slog. You know, and, and he picked something else, because I don't think his heart was in it either. Because he's had my Citizen yeah. Kane Blu-ray for 10 years, I swear. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. A lot of those sort of acclaimed movies, let's, let, let's be honest, they are a bit boring. Well, you know, I've watched Citizen Kane like twice. I mean, that, that's a bit slog. Yeah, like, I'm a big Orson Welles fan. I mean, I've watched it twice, and I've watched it at uni as well for a uni course. And, and like, I've watched it, and I and I have other um, Orson Welles movies I'd much rather watch. Like, I'd, I'd rather watch The Stranger or um, Touch of Evil, personally, you know. But it was just we got around there to watch it. It was already late. I said, Dion, this is going to be heavy going, you know. Can we pick something a bit lighter, please? And and I could I knew that little guy was like only picking it to annoy me. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, he's had my Citizen Kane Blu-ray for close to a decade. I swear to God. I said every time I go to his house, I say, "How about I take that Blu-ray back there?" And he's like, "I haven't watched it yet." And I'm like, "Jesus! Like, how long is this going to take?" Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, some would say it's a bit similar to me with um, was it Swamp Thing, Rich? Swamp Thing, yes. Yeah. Well, did I give that back it's to you? Still, it's still in your possession. Is it? Is it? Okay. Are you sure? I feel like yes. I have it back to you. If no, it's in... we, we, we discussed it, but we've been in the lockdown. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Really? Are you sure? 100% sure? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Then I'll, I'll find it for you. Because it, it, it's only going to be in my cabinet of DVDs. Like it's not gone anywhere. Uh, you know what? And if I do have it, you know, fuck, I'm going to make an effort to try to watch another episode. Like, seriously, like, because the one I watched wasn't that bad. Like, honestly, you know, I've just got this. It's written, mate, it's really good. If you can just get over the swamp thing, the swamp thing angle, it's a really good um, horror mystery. Yeah. Um, If you take it as just a horror mystery, I think you'll enjoy it more. I think you're getting hung up on the um, swamp thing thing angle, but it's a really good horror mystery. Okay. Yeah, the horror mystery I've got no problem at all with. That's kind of my genre. I, I like that. It's the swamp thing that I just hate, um, you know, and I just I can never understand why he's even lasted. Like, I just don't understand. Like, to me, it just looks so well, stupid. No, no, no. Okay, look, to be fair, he's lasted because um, people like... Um, Alan Moore. Uh, and, well, Len Wein first and Alan Moore, they sure. lent more into his horror... The, the horror aspects. I was going to say horror roots there, but that would have been a. <laughs> pun That's in, funny. Not intended. Um, they delve more into it being sort of like horror based, yeah. uh, whereas I think over the last probably ten years, well, maybe fifteen years, give or take, they've kind of brought him more into the superhero realm, which I think is so fucking lame, right? Personally. Yeah, which I mean, look, if done right, I suppose. I mean, look, it got off to a pretty good start with the the new fifty two, but it kind of. Yeah. There was nowhere else to go after that. That was the problem. 
Um, I think you need to take him back and put him back into his horror roots where he's almost a little bit outside of the, like, the DC uh, world. Kind of like how Constantine was and all that as well. Totally. I, I totally agree. Like, I, I'm never going to be a Swamp Thing fan, so I don't really care what they do. But, um, but yeah, I, him as a superhero is just ridiculous, like, frankly. Yeah. No, but that's why I like the show because it leans more into that sort of Len Wein, um, Alan Moore horror Sure. Dark horror, you know, uh, aspects, which is really good. Like, there's some horrific stuff in this. Really? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Is John Constantine in it? No. Oh. Uh, I, as I said, there's a cameo by uh, what supposedly was supposed to be the Phantom Stranger and oh. Blue Devil. Oh, cool. The Phantom Stranger? Mm. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like the Phantom Stranger. Well, that's a theory, though, because they, people refer to him as the Stranger. Right. But obviously, they never got a second season. Maybe they're so referring to know. the character from the Billy Joel song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, maybe, but I don't think so. It's <laughs> a deep cut for Billy Joel fans out there from the 70s. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sing me a song on the piano, man. Um, yeah, now, uh, big news. Technically, maybe you might say, why am I bringing this to the attention of Signal of Doom listeners? Well, firstly, it's my show and I bring to attention whatever I like. But the Zodiac Killer has supposedly been identified as Gary Francis Post, who died in 2018. And it, it does seem that these people out there, and I really kind of want to maybe join their bandwagon, they, they have this thing called case breakers and they're obsessed with breaking open cold cases. And they put together all this evidence, admittedly circumstantial, where they believe they've identified... The Zodiac Killer, which famously was an unsolved mystery, and the guy died free as a bird, man. Um, and well after the movie Zodiac with Robert Downey Jr. etc., um, there's there's pictures of him on Facebook where some guys hang out with him. Who apparently, knows he's a Zodiac Killer. He's he's writing Zodiac with like exclamation marks. Um, he, you know, where are you on this, Rich? Do you think they've actually cracked the case? May I mean, who Love knows? It. Maybe, but I mean. He's dead. Will we ever? Well, that's the thing. Will we ever know? Well, there is. I for read sure. Well, I read something about it. So apparently, they believe that he killed someone else in '68 that wasn't originally connected to the Zodiac killings, and that woman that he killed had bits of hair in her hand because she was fighting him when he was like, I assume, raping and killing her, and they have bits of hair. They've got into this guy's store, uh, you know, dark room and everything. Somehow they've gotten access to all this this guy's shit. I don't know how. And they've got hairs of the guy and they want a DNA search done to see if those hairs match the hairs that was taken off the corpse in 68. Um, Mm. It's, and look, some of the stuff's circumstantial. Like they're saying that, like one of their claims was the scars this guy had from when I think he was in a car accident match the, the, the scars that are on, like, one of the, um, you know, identification drawings, the suspect identification drawings. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but that's a bit loose to me. You know, like, you're ba- I, always, I always think, like, how good are those drawings? Like, when people say, can you describe someone to an artist? You know, I, I just think that's so hard to be able to do. Like... Could you do it, Richard? You're an artist. So if, if someone said to you... Oh, no, no, no. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same with that. I don't know how... I don't know... Well, I don't know. They, I don't know how accurate that is. I mean, they do seem to somehow solve cases with it, but yeah. you've got to be very, very good at listening to... Um, Cues. Yeah, d- like description and, and, and stuff and all that, because 
you know, I mean, someone describing, like, say, a nose. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I don't, I, how do you... I'd struggle to describe it myself. Like, I'm not even sure how I would do it's... it. If someone said, like, do Michelle, I'm like, Jesus, okay. Well, it's the same with those people that, like, um, those, like, anthropology sort of stuff where they take a skull mm. and then they apply this clay and crap and they go, this is what the person would have looked like. And I'm like, how do you know that? How could you possibly know the shape of the nose, how big the ears were? I guess from the skull, you know, they can have some idea, maybe, you know? No, but certainly not, like, the nose. I mean, you could probably tell if it's maybe a wide nose, but, like, how like how much does it protrude? How big were the nostrils? Yeah. Like, how big were the lips? How big were the ears? I love that like, kind of stuff, I, though. That, that like, you can't tell by a skull, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I, was, I was reading the other day about Caesar, and apparently the depiction we have of Caesar that we generally see is very different from what he looked like in real life. You know? Oh, I I have no doubt. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, look, I mean, the luckily enough, there's, of them all. there's paintings of stuff or sculptures and all that. Sometimes they are a bit embellished, but it might be similar or close enough to what they look like. But yeah, I'm I don't know how these people say like with so much certainty this is what someone looked like or this is well, especially if it's just like, like a suspect that you've seen someone you crossed in the street. So the person, say if, if they're saying to me. Dave, we're trying to find this guy, and we think, you know, and it's like you may have passed him in the street, and I'm giving a, a description based on a very brief interaction. Like, how reliable is what I'm going to say? You know, like, how photographic is my memory? I guess it depends. It varies from person to person. Some well, I, I was going to say, well, it also depends, I suppose, on what you remember and how, you know, how much you're misremembering or whatnot. So. Well, yeah, people don't just, like, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's high. But do you think they've solved the case, Rich? Maybe. All, yeah, all I can say is maybe, because who knows? And we'll, we, as I said, like everything now afterwards is all going to be theory, conjecture, mm. hypothesis. Sure. Like, you well, know, maybe, unless we maybe find, unless got we a find his remains and he's holding a some sort of sign saying, I'm such and such and this is how I well, did everything. they're basing a lot like, of it on some confessions that were made and the same misspellings on the confessions 20 years apart and stuff like that. And they're linking all that. There's a lot of... It's all circumstantial, and that's what one of the police officers said. He said, right now, they don't have a case. He said, all they've got is circumstantial. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what I said. Everything will be circumstantial unless you actually find his remains. With... Well, they, they can find his remains. The guy died a free man and was buried. Like you know, they No, can... but I mean, find his remains like literally with something that with his confession or... Like his murder hole or something. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like either either find his remains with his trophy, like, you know, yeah. with all the trophies yeah. that he took or like with a diary of how he did yeah. every... Like until you find that, everything is just conjecture. What about everything this guy who's... Theory. What about this guy who was taking photos with him? He's alive. Writing the Zodiac with with exclamations. So let's bring that yeah, guy in for questioning. Just... Let's bring that guy in for yeah, questioning. But he could also be a liar, though. He could be a liar, but bring him in you for know, questioning, I mean, grill him. For to to some people, there's no difference between you know uh, fame and infamy. That's it, man. That's it, dude. I love it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the quick and the dead. Uh, now, um, Venom, let there be carnage set a pandemic record with its $90.1 mm. million box office debut, surpassing Black Widow's $80 million performance this year. I'm looking at the uh, on Box Office Mojo right now. It's taken $106 million, uh, in the US, $21 million worldwide. So can, can we now say that what? we have the, the numbers to say that Black Widow and Shang-Chi underperformed? 
Well, it definitely outperformed Black Widow, which isn't a surprise. Um, I believe it outperformed Shang-Chi as well. Yeah, well, I mean, fuck, I've already forgotten about Shang-Chi. There's how little I care about that fucking movie. Um, I, I just couldn't care. Like, I'll watch it on Disney Plus when it comes in. I'm just bringing, up, I'm just bringing it up. Like, I mean, that, that says something to me. Like, if you're... If a Venom movie, mm. which let's be honest, wasn't really set in the world of a light when the first one came out, eight, I mean, eight hundred million. The first one, though, Rich made plenty of money. No, no, but what I mean is that it made money, but like no one, it didn't hit like some sort of zeitgeist like right. the Marvel it, movies did. It did you know make I mean? a lot of money though, but it wasn't critically. No, 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 no. I, again, I, I am admitting that yes, it it performed well, mm. just like Avatar performed well, but no one talks about Avatar anymore. Right. You know, it's like people watched it and made all this money and then everyone forgot about it. Sure. Like, uh, Venom did well, but it wasn't like Marvel where everyone was talking about it and, you know, it was always like something people were talking about. So it is very surprising to me that it's done this well, mm. especially beating two Marvel movies and especially one of them being a Scarlett Johansson Marvel movie. So, yeah. I mean, hey, look, that says that obviously, you know, maybe, maybe the Marvel movies have hit their plateau, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, good point. I mean, they're still making money. Which I is mean, fine. I mean, as long as, again, look, a plateau is nothing wrong with a plateau, mm. as long as it's not a decline. Sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying, have, yeah. have we maybe hit the plateau of, of hype and interest for the Marvel movie? I'd also would say some of that is the characters, too, like Shang-Chi. And yeah, but Scarlet Joe is supposed to be, like, super popular, man. Everyone uh, loves her, apparently. Yeah. That is true. That is true. You know, the... Uh, the Scarlett Johansson factor is certainly a factor, and it definitely wasn't um, it wasn't supported. Also, if you think about it, um, Black Widow had same day Disney release, Disney Plus release, which Shang Chi didn't, and Venom doesn't have a same day streaming. So that would also be a factor, I think. You've got to you've got to you've got to tailor that in. Also, we're a bit further away from the height of the pandemic as well. You know, so in the US, like, I don't think it's quite as bad as what it was a couple of months ago. So all all of these things are to be taken. Yeah, into but Shang-Chi came out recently, though. I mean, you can yeah. use that argument oh, for, for Black Widow oh, for sure. I'll, I'll go on record. Fuck Shang-Chi. Like, fuck Shang-Chi <laughs> and fuck the guy who plays him with his bullshit. I couldn't, I couldn't care less about Shang-Chi as a character, as a movie. If Shang-Chi was eliminated from the Marvel Universe tomorrow, never to be heard from again, it wouldn't affect my life one iota. <laughs> Um, don't care about the character. Never have. Um, and I think a lot of people out there are the same. Like, Shang-Chi is like, you know, who gives a shit? That's my response. It's, it's like the Wasp. Like, she has some followers in comics, but the wider audience, like, they don't care, you know? It's mm. just it's just the formula that, that that's working there. Like, I mean, I'd forgotten Shang-Chi even fucking existed as a movie, frankly, until you mentioned it, so... Anyway, whereas Venom, I'm, I'm charged up for But I am a Venom addict, man. Like, I've got three omnibuses. I, I just love the visuals. I've got this, I'm looking at the statue right now as I'm recording. Like, I'm an easy mark for Venom, aren't I, Rich? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't, like... Take Any, anything Venom or Deadpool <laughs> yeah, or, exactly. or, or Conan, basically, those three, that's your trifecta. Yeah, yeah. Although you can throw Punish and Wolverine, but, yeah. like, your, your trifecta is definitely, like... Um, like Ven, like Venom, Deadpool, and uh, Conan. Yeah, definitely. And 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 I'm not critical of that. Like I'll I'll take what I'm given, kind of thing. You know, I'm not. I don't apply this huge critical filter to it. Like I don't think the Venom one movie was awesome, but I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like, and I thought it was cool that he was there. And when they're doing Venom two, I'm like, yeah, sweet, it's cool. Like I'm hungry for it. 
But um, mm. I was impressed that it made so much money. And it tells me that there's an audience out there for it. And sometimes I think, like I read a report today that um, Marvel are doing a limited series on that Catherine Hahn character um, from the Scarlet Witch show, um, WandaVision. You know, the... I don't know who you... No. Oh, it's the witch, Agnes or something. Her name Again. is... Okay. <laughs> so it's a minor character, but it's by Catherine Hahn, who's a fairly well-respected comedic actor. She did a very good turn of it, but they're doing a limited series of that. Well... Guess what, Rich? I, I don't see myself watching it, you know? Like, we're getting right into the weeds at times, where it's like, you know what? I, I, I barely needed to watch One Division. I certainly don't need to watch Agonis, you know? Um, like, I just don't Yeah, care. I mean, well, I don't know. I, can, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't... I don't... I mean, look, if you're looking for entertainment, sure, I guess. But, I mean, I don't feel that there is a need to watch any of the Marvel TV shows. Sure. I don't feel that they feel... Um, important. Right, yeah. I hear it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. look, sure, okay, you're like, oh, well, you know, it's just good fun. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I don't have a problem. I mean, you, you need something to watch. You want to be entertained. But sure. I don't feel like there's a pressing need to watch any of the Marvel yeah. TV shows. Yeah, well, I agree. I feel like they, a lot of that will just be a lot of treading water. Yeah. No, I hear, man. I mean, yeah. No, I, I, don't, think you, I don't think you're too far wrong at all, like, frankly. You know, it's it's... I don't know. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed Cap and the Winter Soldier. Um, I didn't mind One Division. Like I thought, parts of it were really interesting. Like the stuff with like the 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 TV shows format and stuff. I found that like really interesting. Less so the sort of inevitable sort of like Marvel element of it, where it's like the big battle and stuff. I found that less intriguing. Um, we've got a thing coming here, and what if in a second, but. Yeah, there's definitely a part of it where you're like, I de- need is not necessarily... They're, they're sort of just content. You know what I mean? Like, they're content mm. to chew upon, but they're not fantastic. I don't know. I'm looking forward to Venom, though. You know, it doesn't get a release here in Australia, I think, till November 11, the same day that Australia gets No Time to Die, which is have a massively delayed release for both those. Uh, I'm surprised that they don't push it forward now that we're out of lockdown. <laughs> You know? Sorry, I, I just sort of, I'm going to call that the, the New Gems one, uh, No Time to Watch. Yeah. Well, but aren't you surprised that with us coming out of lockdown, they're not pumping that stuff into cinemas straight away? Because if Venom was showing, like, from next week, I'd go watch it, for sure. I'd make the trek to the cinema for it, if it's not available on streaming. You know, it just it's weird that they're sort of waiting. Like, I don't well, know. I don't think, well, that's probably something to do with Australia, though. That's what I'm saying. But, but like... Why are they waiting so long? The, the two major markets are out of lockdown now as of well, Monday. Because, well, we're not out of lockdown yet. Yeah, but on Monday we will be. You know, so from yeah, next but week. you must remember that, that a lot of that has just that's just come about recently. Right. Yeah. They only just announced that. Uh-huh. I mean, for a long time they were saying end of October. Yeah. Middle to end of October. So maybe these companies, you know, maybe the studio was like, well, fuck it, just we'll book it in for November then and hopefully they'll be out of lockdown then. Yeah, true. And once it's booked in, you're not going to, you know, it may cost you money because maybe other people have signed different release stuff or who knows. I mean, I want to say that. But ours has been very tumultuous here. Like, no one has known when these lockdowns were ending. Like, they kept changing the time Chop and change and, like, and the rules and stuff. Like, they're so bad at telling people the rules. Like, the way you've got to go searching for it all and stuff. Like, it's all bullshit, man. Like, you know, like, there's part of where I just think to myself, come on, guys, get a grip. You know? Yeah. So yeah. So I don't. 
I don't blame them for putting it in November. They're probably like, well, you know, just get whatever we can get when it can be released. Yeah, and they they figured that maybe it was going to be later in the in the piece that we finally would be allowed to watch it. I guess I guess that's, that's well again that yeah that's what we were being told when the lock you know the lockdowns were supposed to be just for a month, mm. like you know what I mean like short term and then it turned into longer term and then they were talking about oh will we be even be open by Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Well, that so, was definitely a that was definitely a factor at one point, Rich. You are you're you're hundred percent right there, man. That was at one point what they were saying. So, yeah, so, with, yeah, yeah. so if don't, don't don't blame the studio, blame Australia. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming the. I, I'm, I'm just wondering if they can't get agile enough to sort of say, you know what, let's push forward our release date. Like we've been pushing release dates back. Why don't we bring it forward? Kind of thing is is where I'm going with this. Well, look. I mean, they might. Who knows? Maybe they will now. Like, hmm. maybe once we are opened, maybe they will go back to the table and say, hey, can we? can we have this come out end of October or, you know, start of November or something? But, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's close enough. What I mean, was it, about a month away? Yeah, it's a month away, Rich. You know, yeah, you know, we're, we're almost there. It's going to be a long month for poor old Dave, though. Um, I just, I'm just dying to watch Venom, man. Like, James Bond, like, I was so bored, frankly, by Spectre. I've, de- I've never made it through Spectre. And, and I honestly feel like a fool because I'm sure it's got some good parts. But I just find the starter specter so boring. Like the first half hour, I, I, I keep falling asleep. I've tried it like three times, and no, I've only I've only watched one Daniel Craig James Bond movie, and that was the first one. And I've never watched another one after that. You're not a fan? No, I think he's I think he's literally the worst James Bond they've ever um, wow. put to screen. That's a hot fucking take, man. Wow. Is it? Yeah, I thought Fair he was enough. quite popular. Really. Okay. Is he? I don't know. Well, Skyfall and Casino Royale are very considered good movies. You know? I, I, I like Skyfall and Casino Royale. I didn't like... You know what? I, I don't like Casino Royale, and I can see why now, because Casino Royale was the first book, yes. and I can see why they never adapted that into a movie. Right. Well, they did with because David it, Niven. It, huh? They did with David Niven as a comedy, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what my point is, is I think that is the weakest. Well, again, being the first, you know, he was still probably finding his his voice, his footing, sure. the, the the character, and all that sort of stuff. And I, I think that's the reason why the studios never ever made that movie because they were like, this is like the weakest right. Bond movie. And then once you've moved past that, you've made all the other books, and now you're starting to do your own. You can't really go back because now it's like you're going. You you don't want to you know you don't want to put on the worst one on screen. That that's my interpretation of it. But I don't think it's that good of a movie. I think sometimes I just wonder if I'm the one taking crazy pills because <laughs> everyone else is like, oh, I my mean, God, I, it's so I, brilliant. I, I enjoy, so, I enjoy so gritty. it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want a gritty James Bond. Right, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't want a, a, a pug-looking, short, <laughs> you know, violent James Bond. I want a smooth, suave, fucking right. ladies' man James Bond. Right. You want the Roger Tall, Moore. dark, and handsome man. Roger Moore kind of style. Roger Moore, Sean Connery, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, uh, even George Lazenby, uh, wow. you know, um, like even he was far better looking as James Bond. You know, I always, I, I kind of wanted when they were first talking about, I wanted Clive Owen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, th- there's a movie he's in where he kind of, he's kind of like this guy and he's in like this sort of James Bond suit and all that sort of stuff with a cigarette. And I was like, when I saw that, when I can't remember the name of the movie now, but I saw that, I was like, oh man, he, he looks like he'd be a good James Bond. Yeah. 
Yeah. But late now, because obviously he's a bit craggly and older now. But sure. uh, this is when he was a bit younger, obviously. Um, but yeah, then they went with the the puggy Daniel Craig. Yeah, you're not a fan. Not feeling it at all. No, no. Fair no, enough. I'm man. sorry. But any anyone who tells me he's supposed to be like James Bond handsome, I just think you're taking crazy pills. He he definitely has the kind of cold, detached approach to it all, which I quite like personally. But you prefer a bit more of the charm. I don't yeah. mind that uh, for a character but not james bond yeah no i hear i hear um, you know, i want the i want the silly um puns and one-liners and yeah uh, i want a bit more of the over the top now i mean we're talking about like you know fucking gadgets and over the top action and missions and stuff yeah. and all that like yeah. that's what james bond is i know they've gone the other direction with it and who knows where they'll go from here i mean i, I want to see the movie but i guess i'm just sort of like it just feels like it's been so long coming, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, uh, you know, how excited am I really? Not that excited. Like, if it was on streaming today, I'd watch it, but I don't really feel this huge desire to go and pay to see it in a cinema, which is, I'm sure, no, not, not what they That's what I said to me. It's uh, no time to watch. Yep. okay. Now, we have some news that I find, I'm finding hilarious. Um, go for it. Now, you are familiar with Black Panther, Rich, the, the uh, movie. That I'm was, familiar with the property, yes. The property, and you are familiar with Shuri? <laughs> Recall her, the, the uh, sister I'm, character? I'm, yes, I am familiar with that Now, character. you're probably also familiar with the ridiculous overpraise of both the character and actress following Black Panther, where it was almost like, Black Panther, we don't need him, we've got Shuri. And it was like, you remember they were all saying, oh, we could just reboot it, like it doesn't matter that Shagun Boson died, we can oh, just... Oh, yeah, yeah, well, know. I mean, I, I believe they were even kind of, they even, she even replaced him in the comic books for a while. Jesus. Yeah, and there was this... this... After she shot him off to, into space by And accident. I will name them, the woke left were very high on her supply, man, very, very high. And mm -hmm. it, the news has come crashing down this week that apparently she's a rabid anti-vaxxer, uh, very, very... Um, sort of vocal on the topic on the Black Panther 2 set. She's now dismissed her US representation. And for me, it's just nice to see the radical left eating itself after they spent all this time pumping her up. Now they're suddenly like, whoa, 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 we've got Nanny Vaxxer in our midst. What do we do? We've been, we've been putting so much hype on her for fucking, you know, years now. And um, well, it's a well, mess. well, uh, this is a valuable lesson that the the radical left can learn, mm. and this is why you shouldn't be a racist, right? <laughs> oh, don't, no, no, don't assume because someone has a certain skin color, sure, that they think a certain way, yeah, or or behave a certain way, right? They sure. were like, oh yeah, strong black woman, she's probably you know super left like us and progressive and blah blah blah, <laughs> and it's like no, you see, the mistake you made was. You assume that you assumed. A, a black person should be a certain way, but guess what? Everyone's different. That's true. That's very true. And oh. so that's why. And also, stop propping people up. And for me, people it's just are people. I'm just amused by the whole thing, frankly. I, I'm just yeah, loving it. You know. Like I, I love it when stop, they start fighting amongst themselves. Stop elevating people who are just actors yeah. or entertainers very to true. this 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 god tier level that you think that you know the the sun shines out of their asses they're just people for fuck's sakes there's doing a job there's only three people who belong in that sphere and that's elvis frank sinatra and bob dylan that's it bang end of story you know and and these other like the woman who plays shuri i don't even know her name and you know what i don't care frankly and i thought she was fine in the role and i thought the character was okay but having heard it for two plus years people praising this character you think revolution al pacino Sit down. You know what I mean? 
We, we've got Shuri. And I was like, she was okay. Like, the role was okay, very generic. Um, seen it a billion times before. Like, the smart, sort of, you know, wisecracking, sort of, like, you know, strong female. You know, we've we've seen the role before. It's not the first time. The, the sister who's the tech head kind of thing. Um, people, the way people are carrying on, I was like, have you people ever seen a movie before? Uh, <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm puzzled by what you're so entranced by, really. And, and this, well, you, you know, it's just amusing to me. Well, okay, here's the thing. And, and, and uh, I think we've discussed this before and I've come up with a theory. Mm. I think, you see, for people like you and me, right, we're very much entrenched in the, in, in pop culture. Sure. Right. We've we've grown up in sort of um, in the entertainment sphere, watching movies, TV shows, comics, sure. video games, all of this sort of stuff. So us, like pretty much our whole lives, we have been exposed to uh, strong females, black characters, yeah. non-white characters, and that's and we're so used to that. I honestly believe that all these radical woke SJW lefty whatever you want to call them I don't think they actually have really watched any movies <laughs> read any comics or played any games because if they did they would they would know that what you're pushing for now or screaming whatever we've 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 had that we've done that we're used to it yeah yeah and we and we're happy for more of it yeah you know what i mean like i was just thinking the other day like um uh, uh you know pam greer yeah yeah, strong female black character in, in movies. I mean, uh, as late as know. Jackie Brown, as late as Jackie Brown, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She was always playing 70s, tough, fucking yeah. uh, tough ass woman and stuff and all that. You know, uh, whether you got like Sigourney Weaver, and then yeah. you know, I was just thinking. You remember we were having that conversation where we were talking about like why do I like the eighties? Sure. And 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 stuff, and do we ever romanticize? And I go, I was thinking a bit more afterwards, and and I was thinking, and I thought to myself, you know what? No, I don't think we are because if you look at the eighties, that was a Big, big booming time for or for for black um, entertainers, uh, actors, and all that. If you sure. look at um, Eddie Murphy, made it big. Richard Pryor like, for the seventies into the eighties. Richard yeah. Pryor, you had, and then look at the TV shows. Sammy Davis. Everyone forgets about Sammy and, Davis Junior. Like Sammy Davis. Yeah, what about him? You know. But but look at the TV shows. Family Matters. Um, yeah. The Jeffersons. Different Strokes. Uh, uh, different Strokes. Um, uh, Benson. Sanford Benson. And Son. Benson. Yeah, yes, uh, the Cosby show, Webster, Cosby. like the 80s was full of, of <laughs> Actually, black actors. they're very keen to try to forget the Cosby show and how but massive that was. that's my point was, is you know? I don't think they've even gone back to watch old stuff. They just assume <laughs> no, that's true. that it's TV true. and movies have been white as snow for the last 50, 60 years. Yeah, it, and I don't think they realised. It, it, it no, wasn't no, no, all no, no, leave no, it no. to Beaver. It wasn't all leave it to Beaver. Um, there was yes, yeah, no, and the eighties was where it actually started to change. And for some reason, you've they've. Name Rich. He played Apollo, um, Creed. Um, oh, uh, oh, it, oh, fuck me, man! Something um, Weathers. Carl uh, Weathers. Yeah, Carl Weathers. Yeah, he was also in um, Predator. Yeah. Oh, Predator, the Rocky movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. he was Great Action actor. Jackson. I was going to say, uh, say yeah, this: no. as as a kid in the eighties, I remember friends of ours on a Friday movie night getting out Action Jackson, and we watched it. You know, yeah. Um, Danny and, Glover, what, and, Danny Glover in *Lethal Weapon*. In the nineties, who? What was one of the most popular shows in the nineties? *Fresh Prince of Bel Air*. Going to say *Fresh Prince*, yeah. We'll family of a, 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 a comedy sitcom about a black family. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm sorry, you, you want to tell me that, oh, all these racist people have just all of a sudden grown, uh, have just uh, popped out of nowhere in, in the 2000s. And everyone hates black people and no one, you know what I mean, black people. And it's like, no, no, no. I've been watching black TV shows. And, well, and Spike and, Lee's and rise to prominence. Most of my life, in, yes. When did Spike Lee start? Very early 90s? Um, uh, would have been, yeah, uh, early 90s. And then, you know, you got Wesley Snipes and all this oh. stuff. So I'm sorry. Anyone who turned in and says to me that. What about fucking, you know, um, what's his name? Denzel? You know? Yeah. Oh, Denzel started, I think. 80s. He started definitely in, the 80s. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He. Um, Definitely started. Glory? So, no, glory? I mean, you know, I mean, good God, one of the most f famous women in the world was Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, yeah. True. Massive, massive icon. Yeah, it's very true, Rich, please, actually. Please don't tell me that I must be impressed because Shuri <laughs> is, a, is, is a black character who loves science. Well, that's what science. I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't quite understand. Like, nothing against the actress herself. And, like, I thought it was all okay. I, I was like, oh, I no, don't know. No, no, no. This is not the... at the actress. This is yeah. at the at the idiot people who yeah. want to make out, like, her character is some uh, revolutionary yeah. new thing that's never been seen before. I mean, one of the smartest black kids on TV was Steve Urkel. Yeah, I was thinking of him. He loved the science. <laughs> Family Matters, man, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 No, it's interesting. So, look, I just thought it was funny that, that um, the Shuri uh, actress was an anti-vaxxer, and I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to, like, desperately distance themselves from the fucking endless hyping that they've been doing, bending over backwards to try to delete their Twitter history or something, Rich, you know what I think? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you can't because the internet is forever. Yeah, it's so funny. Now, did you hear about this game, eFootball? Um, it was a disaster no. at launch and Steam's worst-rated game ever. I saw some screen grabs of it, and my god, it was embarrassing, Rich. Football. Like, yeah, is it a some sort of like emulator? Like, is it a, a, a an actual soccer game or like a football manager? I, th I thought it type was. Game. I'm bring, I'm 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 bringing it up, but I I think it was a um like a play you know play game like a FIFA style game, but um apparently it is absolutely terrible. Um, and it was, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, that's Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah, which yes, was, I am familiar. Sorry, sorry. Uh, eFootball, formerly known as Pro. Oh, okay. So that's why I've never heard of it because it used to be Pro Evolution Soccer. Okay, so it's like yeah, it's like uh, FIFA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Konami apologizes for atrocious eFootball 2022 launch fixes on the way. So apparently, it's just riddled with glitches. Um, wow, it is crazy. And there's there's a really funny screenshot. Of this, of this footballer with like bulging veins, it looks like something out of like the nineties, man. You know, um, it just looks, it just looks awful, frankly. And I don't know why. I, I don't know how some of these games make it out the door. It's just so poor, you know. Um, just oh well, um, yeah. Look, uh, the video game industry is in a very, very weird place at the moment, where people, where companies think they can just release a um, uh, an unfinished, unpolished yeah. product, and people will buy it and, and wait for the patches and the fixes later. Right. Yeah. Wow. No, no, no. Thank you is my attitude to that. You know. Yeah, but um, people are buying, so yeah. you know. I mean, people can complain afterwards, but you know, maybe just don't buy things they want. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless it's, it's been reviews. Unless there's reviews out. Mm. And you and you can watch a review, you know, because uh, some some industries or, or companies will have an embargo. Yes. 
in too many embargo is always a red flag. Yeah. yeah. Not always. I do know that sometimes they do it because there's maybe some sort of spoiler or surprise. I get that. But nine times out of ten, it's because they want people to buy it before they find out that it's a shit game. Yeah, they're scared of their own product, basically, aren't they? You know? Yes, um, they're scared that once people know it's shit, no one will buy it day one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, lesson learned. I mean, put it this way, if they, if they release Grand Theft Auto 6, I'd buy that. Um, on day one, but there's not too many things I buy on day one. Like even, oh, even look, Assassin's Creed. I but to be on. fair, that's also a little bit different though, because um, while I don't play those games, they generally haven't given people too many um, glitches, issues of concern. Yeah. Um, over the years, I know they tend to have problems with their multiplayer. Sure. Maybe. And uh, see, I don't which, care about the multiplayer in those games. No, no. So, but I'm know. saying, but multiplayer usually comes out later. Yes. So they still make a single player game. It's not. Yeah pure multiplayer so a lot of people overlook that or, or give them a bit of a pass or yeah. some leeway but yeah i mean the single player game is always generally super well received and uh polished so uh you know and your people thought of that about um cd project red you know everyone yes. was like oh, i love these guys they're the best all because they you know sure. had success with the witcher mm. but then they released a super buggy very sort of unfinished game in um, Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk. Which I enjoy, frankly, you know. No, look, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a broken game. It's unplayable, but it, it certainly wasn't optimized. No. And a lot of people experienced glitches. If you weren't and, running and it on a PS5 or the new Xboxes, it, it was struggling, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of now eroded because they've only had one successful game. Mm. And then their second, or franchise, and then their second one has been... Eh, so they're going to have, you know, now that means probably now people might be a bit shy about sure. buying the next game day one. Yeah, no, def definitely agree with you on that, Rich. Definitely agree with you on that. They really had a lot. And I played it on an Xbox One, and I've now got it for my PS5 for when I finish Assassin's Creed. By the way, I was playing Assassin's Creed this week. <laughs> I got back to it, man, and I was just, I, I spent, last weekend, I spent a day just playing, and I was, I really made a lot of progress. I'm, I'm loving that game, Rich. Um it's a little, I would say this, it can be a bit repetitive, but I enjoy it. Jesus Christ, I enjoy it. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, like there's a grind element to it. Um, now, we have some news from Zoe Kravitz, who I believe is Lenny Kravitz's daughter, the rock singer, um, mm -hmm. or rock star, I guess. He, play, he plays a lot of instruments. Um, she is playing Catwoman, I believe, in this Batman movie that is very shrouded in mystery. Um with Robert Patterson. Comic head or anything. I also try to think about the role, not as Catwoman, but as a woman. How are we making sure we're not fetishizing or creating a stereotype? I knew it needed to be a real person, end quote. This is Catwoman we're talking about, Rich. Um, so she's not approaching it from the role of Catwoman, which is an interesting way to approach the role of Catwoman. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Is this just lip service? You know, what do you think, Rich? Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, actors do love the sound of their own voices yes. and um, to make it seem like what they do is difficult. Um, <laughs> you know. When re I'll be honest with you, I mean, to be fair, Lex, if you just need a mon modicum of talent, sure. Um, 
you know, um, look, like, not everyone is like Daniel Day-Lewis or, Al you know, um, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, those guys. You know, well, those guys have kind of become um, <laughs> uh, cliches. <all laughs> <those things>. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but I mean, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is like probably one of the, the only like, well, one of the only few real actors, right? you know, where to them it is about the art, the performance, sure. the character, you know what I mean? Because he's an actor's actor, isn't he? He's an actor's actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, so like, um, and uh, you know what? I put Jeffrey Rush in there as well. Sure. Um, th- because they'll, uh, and yeah, uh, Johnny Depp certainly tries to be, yeah. um, where they'll, they want characters to deliver speech a certain way or what fits the character. But when you're actors like Denzel Washington, Tom Cruise, you're just Denzel Washington, and Tom Cruise in a movie. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, watch any Denzel Washington movie. Every character that he's playing has got the same delivery, the same laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? The same smile. So that's very likable like, actor. Let's, let's very be honest. You just, no, but you just need a modicum of yeah. talent and delivery yeah. to, to be successful. Like, sure. I, I don't classify a lot of people as actors. Right. No, I get your point. I've often said yeah. that I don't think it's that hard to punch a line, really. Yeah. So, uh, but also, this is why I just, uh, this is why, you know, shit like this just doesn't get me excited for any shit that's been made right now is because of ass clowns like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? That just don't want it. Like, because what I'm reading there is I don't want to give you what you want. No. Yeah. You know, I don't want you to have a sexy, no. uh, seductive cat woman. No, it's almost like, you know, fuck you. Fuck you. Who's not afraid who... of her body kind yeah, of thing and yeah, all that, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, God, so, okay. So what you're really saying is you don't want, you don't want cat woman. Yeah. Why have you taken the role of cat woman when you seem to be so opposed to the role of cat woman, you know? That's yeah. yeah that's so where that's I, what I said. Like, yeah. it's either her just talking out of ass, or mm. this is legit, and it's another reason not to be excited for that movie. Too legit to quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just not. Uh, look, I'm just hoping that she's just blathering away. You know, just the normal actor style, sort of just blah blah blah, kind of how how she got her head into the role. And I, I hope that's all it is, frankly. Well, like, for fans, I certainly hope so. I mean, I, I really. But uh, there hasn't been a very good track record lately of. Uh, um, well, I didn't mind Anne Hathaway. I didn't mind Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. I thought she did okay. Uh, I really like Michelle Pfeiffer. She's my favourite. But oh I mean, no, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer has been uh, the best, other than outside of the um, the the Batman sixties. Uh, um, uh, yeah, like Eartha Kitt and Julia yeah. uh, Newmar and stuff like that. Julian, yeah, like like they were like they were they played up the sexiness. Oh, for sure. You know, they were doing the whole, like, meow. And I can I get that's the 60s. It was awesome. But, you know, like, Catwoman is supposed to be, like, you know, use, uses her womanly wiles, Definitely. you know. I'm yes, sure. it's not it's not all she is, but she's not... And she scratches with those claws, too. To... She scratches with those claws like a cat. Like, she's not afraid exactly. to take a swipe. Everyone knows so, about you know, Catwoman, you know? That's why I said, like, I don't know, like... Yeah. I don't know, I don't know why on. people are so afraid of... Of accurate represent uh, I, uh, portrayals. I hope she's completely full of shit, man. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like she's just doing the role, and it's just like t- shut up and take the money kind of thing. And she's just feels the need to sort of try to intellectualize. I hope it. so too, but keep your expectations low. Yep. Um, now you've got some news here about Stephen King. Uh, is this a Stephen King property, Rich? Something about Mister Harrigan's phone. It's coming to Netflix. No, I think, I think I think you added this in. Oh, did I? Okay. Well, that's news to me. Because um, I'm not a Stephen King follower. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway. So I mean, he's got a new project coming to Netflix um, through the Blumhouse uh, studio called Mr. Harrington's Mr. 
Harry Gann's phone. Let's let's Google it. I don't mind a bit of Stephen King, frankly. So that might have been me that added it late at night, Rich, when I thought I was probably desperate for content, you know? Um, <laughs> Mr. That wouldn't be the first time I've done that. Mr. Oh, Harrigan's yeah. phone. Donald Sutherland is in it. Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a short Jesus, story. I forget. I forget that he's still alive. You know then. Who? Stephen King. No, Donald Sutherland. He'd be getting on these days. I don't know. How yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he hasn't been in anything really. Well, that I, I actually sometimes forget that he's still he's still kicking. The only thing I can remember him being in, not even recently, was Hunger Games, where he played the president. You know. Yeah, but how, that was like what? Versus, um, 15, Fifteen years ago? Wasn't fifteen years ago, Richard? What are you? Are you kidding yourself? Hunger Games. I don't know, how the long movies. ago was the Hunger Games? I never watched them. I don't know. Didn't I, they come out the, the same time one, as like Harry Potter or something? The last one came out in about twenty fifteen. Um, the last was one. was he in that one? Yeah, he's in. He's in all of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. He plays the president. He's not in. He he's in them more as they go on. Well, did they? Okay, well, did the movie start close to fifteen years ago? I don't know, but maybe. But um, Hunger Games: Mockingjay was the last one, I believe. Uh, twenty fourteen. I thought those came out like. I thought part those came one. out like. Twenty fourteen. Uh, part one came out in twenty fourteen, so part two would have come out in twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. So about six years ago. So he's not done year. a lot since then. He's not done a lot, and he would be getting old. He'd be how. I'll Google his age. Before I do, what do you? I predict eighty-five. What do you predict? Oh, uh, eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Now we know Clint Eastwood just turned ninety-one, and I've he, surely he's he's younger than him. Okay, so I I'm I'm terrible at maths. So he was born in so he's eighty-six, and he and yeah. he and he just turned eighty-six. So what did I guess eighty-five? And you said 88, eighty-five. So, yeah, so he's eighty-six. So he's been he's old. Yeah, he's damn mm. old. Um, and he's still working, which is impressive. Um, God, yeah, he's long lived. Well, he ba- a lot, these days he basically just plays the guy that gets killed in him. In, he's he's become the Sean Bean. Yeah, just turns he up. He plays the character that gets killed all the time. <laughs> turns up, plays it for a little bit, takes his cash, goes home. You know, poor Sean Bean. What a what a legacy. Oh, it's <laughs> Sean Bean's movie. He's probably going to die. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now um, we had something here. Now, are you familiar with Bandai? Namco. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Um, make video games and stuff and all that and toys, I think. They changed their logo and it was met with derision on the internet and it was actually trending and I saw it. Um, I don't know if you saw the new logo, Rich, but it was trying to be sort uh, of... I think it was something like pink within a speech bubble or something, something like, like that. that. yeah. And it was getting hammered online, basically. And it is funny when... Well, they... there was, to be fair, there was nothing wrong with their, their logo, so I don't know why they were changing it. Yeah. It is funny when um, people put up, you know, the marketing department's been hard at work trying to come up with this logo and then they release it and it just gets absolutely hammered. <laughs> well, I to be it fair, it's because the new logo is utterly and completely lazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, at least if you, if you look up the old logo with the red and the orange yes. and the writing, I mean, that's striking. Yeah, no, you it's know, iconic, you see that logo, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, what? oh, a band But this new one, I mean, it's so generic and lazy and yeah. and low low quality that you just like wow yeah that's the best you could do guys like i could understand if you over designed it mm. and people are like oh it's just, it's too much you've gone too far yeah but yeah. To, but this is the opposite problem where they're like did you actually do anything did you literally just write the name and put a speech bubble around it and go job done 
Well, they were like simplicity. They were sort of trying to go simplicity, and they were trying to go sort of. Uh, they were they were trying to make it. I, I I think a lot of these places overestimate the progressive sort of like audience segment that just wants it in pink. You know, like I I don't really think that that is there in massive quantity. Like it's like Look, I design mean, a good logo. I I, I I agree to an extent that you you know you do, again you don't want an overly designed logo, but you certainly don't want something super simplistic, because super simplistic is forgettable. Yeah. You know, you want something where where someone sees it, they go, oh, that's that's so and so, or yeah, that's I know that brand. You don't want it to just be like uh like a generic one that like fifty other companies have fucking done. Because... I tell you, one of the best logos that I personally think in comics. Um, that I can remember was the 2000 AD logo of the 80s. That sort of chrome big logo they had that, that from sort of like the uh, like early to late 80s. They they did it. it I thought it was just phenomenal. Um, do, mm. do, you, do you know the logo I'm talking about, Rich? I think I do. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm trying to rack my brain. But was, you know what? Um, I used to love the the DC logo. DC Comics They've when it was it so the, many times I can't remember what it is now. No, but I like the one that it reminds me of the sheriff badge. Right. So it had DC and then it had like a, a circle around it and then like four stars on each. Oh, that's the like, classic one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, I love the classic. When they came out with that yeah. new Fifty Two one, where it looks like a sticker, sticker being peeled. Yeah, yeah that's my. Least I was just favorite. like, you fucking kidding me. What do you think of that current one? Because I don't mind that current one. It's very simple, just a circle with DC in it. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's too simplistic. Yeah. Like just go classic, man. Yeah, no, I, I like that, that, that I like DC the classic stars. is so it's so classic. You know, I I, I agree. I, I liked the stars too. I thought the stars was a cool logo. I, I'm looking at as we're talking. I'm looking at my stuff. I've bought a lot of products in the last couple of years, so mine is mostly in my office. It's more recent stuff because it's what I'm currently kind of on. And it's a lot of just the circle, but I do have some with the sticker, which is my least yeah. favorite. No, but the, the, fair, that classic I, star one is great. That's the, that's gold. Well, yeah, the the one that was black. Yeah, I yeah. think in the the seventies. Yeah, no, it's seventies, man. Yeah, I know, I, yeah. I know it. Yeah. Um, look, the 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 two the two thousand one wasn't it wasn't terrible. You know, the one that has the DC with the little star almost like orbiting it. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't terrible, but the new one is. Is just is so terrible. Like, well, the new, the current one is just nothing almost. Like, it's just a, it's just DC in a circle. That's it. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> they're just like we give up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. I haven't like that shows you how much I have not been collecting their stuff recently. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that one. I would still take that one over the the new fifty two one though. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah, it's fine. Like it's fine, but it's just nothing to me. It, I, I see it, and I'm just like, they should, yeah, they should have just gone for that classic '70s logo, man. Like they should have just gone with something like that. Yep. But, just gone. You know what? We're going back to basics. Look, I think they're struggling to work out what they're doing these days at DC. They still can't work <laughs> out who's running the joint. You know, <laughs> like that's true. To Dio left, and there's a lot of people like sitting there. You know. The ship is 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 guiding itself right into some rocks. Oh God, rocks. yeah. I mean, since since he got fired, that ship has been literally rudderless. Jim Lee, silent, silent. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, does, is he is he alive, Jim? Can you send up a, a smoke signal? It makes me wonder if if Jim Lee was just literally just there for show, oh, and, yeah. and Didio was doing all the heavy lifting. Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't be stunned if that was the case. 
Um, now, Penguin Random House first Marvel Comics shipment resulted in damages and missing books among various mm. retailers, including DCBS. So, and apparently they're now changing the way that they're shipping. Did you hear more on this story, Rich? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, some people didn't even get their shipments. Um, uh, a lot of people were sending photos of the the boxes and the shipments being damaged, right? And, and stuff and all that. So it has not been a good start for the uh, Marvel uh, Penguin Random House Alliance uh, Alliance. So um, uh, you know, which and of course some people are like, oh, I see. Diamond Comics not that bad. To which I go, yeah, but DC have not had any problems, right? All it shows is either they picked the wrong company, mm. like to sign with, but it doesn't mean that you should go back. Like, I'm, you should go back to Diamond if you want to, and if the service is good, but don't don't go running back just because you've had one. But I mean, get your shit together. Yeah, no, I think that there's, I think there's. Some significant problems. What were, the reason with Diamond was because Diamond was experiencing cash flow issues due to the pandemic, if you recall. You know, who 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 were um, DC using? They're using DCBS's, uh, aren't they? I believe they are. DCBS is a distributor now, I believe. I think so. Yeah, I haven't been keeping track of it since. No, I'm I'm pretty confident I, DCBS I, I, is I don't a care. distributor. No, I don't really give a shit either. But it's interesting for the news now. Um, and if, if listeners out there in the States who are closer to the action and getting stuff from your weekly comic stores and stuff, you know, tell us. If, you, if you're getting to your weekly, getting to your store and they're going, oh, we haven't got Batman, we haven't got Superman, we haven't got action, we haven't got our, your, your favourite image comic or your favourite Dark Horse, let Signal know and we'll light a fucking fire. And I'm quite happy to go to the likes of CB. You know what I mean? I'm quite happy to take it to the top. Give, give, give the torch to me. I'll run it up the fucking mountain myself. Um, I'd love to, Rich, wouldn't I? Can you imagine me? Can you imagine me sixty minutes style interview with CB? Do you, do you think I'd have him squirming <laughs> under the interrogation light? I think I would. I would hope so. Yeah, for sure, man. I hundred percent would. I, I, I'd get right into it. I, I'd start off with like you start off with a softball. You know, you're like, oh, we really enjoyed some of your product recently. Um, what about Joe Bennett? What happened? What about um? What about what about uh, Punisher? Got to got to lull him into that false sense of security. <laughs> totally, and then he just start hitting him, fact after fact, you know, damning him with his you know history of compromise, Mist- fake identity. Let's bring that up as well, Akira. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you don't. Well, that's not a f- no 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 no. Hang on. <laughs> What's the difference between a, a a pseudonym and a fake identity? I don't know, Rich. What, what is it a joke? I don't know. No, it's not a joke. My point is, isn't that what a pseudonym is? Look, I don't know, Rich. I mean, he was... he, he was. Lots of people have written under uh, true. fake names. True. true, true. He was writing in Japan. Sure. And obviously, you know, it's the same like some female writers, if they're writing something that's predominantly aimed at men. Yeah. They will, they will use a man's name and some men who, if they're writing stuff which is considered for women, like a romance book or whatever, will come up with a woman's name yeah. as their pen name. So sure. it's no different. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Of all the things <laughs> to have problems with, that is like not even on my list. Well, it's just something that points to the hypocrisy, you know? And, and it, was in breach, it was in breach of company regulations too from the guy who's now running it. You know, stays, what happens in Japan stays in Japan. That's definitely, that's, do you think, should I start looking at conversation, would you be offended if I called you Akira? 
for the purpose of this interview. Yeah. If I was him, I'd say, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Akira Yoshida. Let's continue with the questioning. Hey, he did, he did very well, apparently. His comics were selling well, so... I've got, I've got, I've maybe, got the... I've got, maybe he knew what he was, he was doing. I'll tell you this much. Um, I've got Wolverine Soul Taker, and if anyone wants to take it off my hands for the, sh- the small price of 500 US, 500 wow. US, and you can have a copy of Wolverine Soul Taker by Akira Yoshida, and you can do whatever you want to do with it. If you want to burn it in the public burnings, go ahead, but you have to pay me 500 large. You know? I'm not, yeah. Good luck. I'm not, I'm not paying 500 to burn something. <laughs> All right. Now, um, what if we finally reach the end of the what if saga this week, Richard? And let me tell Thank you. God. Well, gee, it was. It, the, the last episode was just. I would describe it as appalling TV. Like, um, I don't know why. They have to feel the need to create a super team of the What If episodes so that all the What If characters now have to be part of our little What If fucking Super League. I told you this was going to happen from the start. Yeah. I told you this isn't a proper What If. This is a we want to create our own universe wits, yeah. where we have certain characters take the spotlight. Yeah. Well, that's exactly so what we want, happened. We want a female Captain America. You know, yeah. we want this, we want that. Like they were, they were just trying to build an an alter, alternate universe. Yeah, well, it's true, it's true. And like, let's dig into it though, because there were elements I liked in this What If series. Like, I enjoyed the zombie episode. I enjoyed the Party Thor episode. I enjoyed several bits of it. But what I didn't enjoy in this in this particular episode was the personification of the Watcher, which was appalling. Oh my God, this Watcher. He's talking like smack. He's talking jive. He's he's just being the most unwatcheresque depiction of the Watcher ever. And honestly, I feel sorry for the youth of today who have to watch that and think that is a good personification of the Watcher. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible insult to the Wally franchise. An appallingly boring episode for to sum it all up. It was boring. Michelle said, my God, how long has this fight been going on? I go, it's honestly so juvenile and crap. Like, I am honestly feel like turning it off. Like, it was terrible. You don't know what The Watcher sounds like, Marvel TV. Kevin Feige, you should be ashamed. There you go. Um, this was awful. And it was gutter TV, and it was appalling. It was, I would say, worse than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, look, I mean, that's why I'll be honest with you. Like, that's why I said from the start I have no interest in watching the show is because there's not enough material, Dave. You're right. You're 100% right. The What If comics were brilliant because they had decades and decades of events and stories. True. You know what I mean? True. Like, they could go, oh, my God. Like, what, you know, this massive storyline, this big event, what if this happened? What if this character did this instead of this? And because the whole world is huge, you could take it anywhere. Yeah. You could incorporate any character, use any character you wanted. The problem is I could understand them doing a what-if show after, say, I don't know, 30 years of Marvel movies and TV. Sure. Because then you've got like a massive library. You've probably at this point introduced the Fantastic Four, the X-Men. Yeah, and, and you, and you so need all so that. On. Like there's no Wolverine. There's, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. There's not all these X-Men events. Yeah. Now, as I said to you, like, to me, the biggest problem is, is that this should have been an anthology show as well, mm. right? Not Which is what it tries it. to pretend it is. Yeah. And 
Because yeah. what they should have done was they said, okay, listen, we've got some movies. We've got a couple of TV shows under our belt. Let's start looking at pivotal moments from the movies and stuff and do a what if centered around that. Right. Right. So that's you could what they have sort a of do. Peggy they sort of do got that. The, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that it's all leading towards some oh, yeah. group. I fucking hate this group. Where, like, the, it's connected. Where the what if stories were never, ever connected. That's right. Yeah. Exactly Sometimes right. you may have got a sequel to a what if story, but uh, yeah. the stories were their and own stories. Rarely, rarely as well. You know what I mean? Rarely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one out of a hundred or something like that. Yeah. But you know, what they should have done was I think they should have just looked at pivotal moments from the, the movies and the TV shows that they had done yeah. and just gone, what if this happened? But as I said, the problem is, is there's not enough characters. Yeah. No, you're right. You don't have the Fantastic Four. You don't have the X Men. You don't. You know what I mean. You just. You just missing so much of your actual world. Yep. In in that, the rush for profit. In the rush. Yeah. To get it out there, and sort of. Yeah. I I totally agree. And it was exposed. It was exposed. That strategy was exposed in this. Uh. You know. Quite. Fucking. Sort of hit and miss show that at times was good, at times was woeful. The second last episode, which featured uh, Ultron winning, was actually quite good. It was really quite a good, it, you, you know, he got, he became aware of the Watcher and stuff like that. Like, it was cool. But that should have been an enclosed episode. It got to the end, and it's just part one of two, which is then the climax where they all fight each other, which you can, you can just write it yourself, you know what I mean? And when mm. it got to the end of the second last episode, what could have been a really tight what if was such a bad ending that was just like straight into the next one. I just said, is that it? Like, is that even an end? I go, no, they're just, they're just building it for the finale. Yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing worse than when a, 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 the, the finale of a TV show has no like satisfactory yeah, and, um, yeah. payoff. And like the final episode, I honestly thought was one, like I'd give it a one out of ten. And honestly, Feige and those under him who greenlit this, who saw this, who said, yeah, let's create a super team. You are jokes. You are jokes, and people like me will abandon the franchise if it continues. Like, fuck your super teams. Fuck your super teams. They suck. You know, like, we didn't need it. We don't want it. Like, give us actual alternate anthology show. We'd be interested. Why the f- you feel the need to, you know, create these teams that are so similar to the other fucking team? Like, it's like, oh, my God, Really? And I think half uh, of it was to set up a Dark Doctor Strange as well. That was something slightly interesting, the Dark Doctor Strange. They'll probably use that in Multiverse of Madness or something. I told you, mate. Marvel is McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. Well, I, I've never disputed that, Rich. I, I mean, that, that is No, I'm just, I'm just yeah. reminding you yeah. when you say, why can't you give us something different? Why must you give us? Because yeah. it's McDonald's. It's the yeah. same food over and over and over. Yeah, and I, and I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, it's that's definitely true and i don't know just at times i just think god couldn't you be a bit better you know like couldn't couldn't you just (laughs) aim a little fucking higher and you know and and like captain carter like honestly like it's not that good you know what i mean like it's it's really not that good i'm sorry i'm sorry to break Mm. the news but like just by just by switching her up instead of steve it's just Steve Rogers' light. Well, that's what it is. Well, the, well, this is the thing, and again, I know, I know, comics and movies are different, right? But let, let's be honest. If uh, if you had one writer that was writing all the comics at DC or Marvel, right? And no matter how good that writer was, at some point you kind of be like, I can't, you know, I want something different. Yeah. 
you know, and that was the beauty of comics is that there was different stories and, you know, and, and stuff being told, even though they all existed in the same world. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice that every character or comic book has a bit of its own flavor. Yeah. True. You know, even if it maybe doesn't quite feel like it fits, it's like, ah, but it's fun. I enjoy it or whatever. Like every, you know, there's a flavor for everyone. As I said, the problem with those Marvel movies is that it's, it's overseen by one guy, which is generally a good thing when you, when you build in a big shared universe, Mm. but it also means that you can't deviate and the biggest problems they've had and the directors they've gotten rid of are the ones that have wanted to put their own flavor yeah. Yeah. on, on movies so, or something. You know, They didn't want to stick to the, the script, so to speak. And I, for me, that has hurt my enjoyment of Marvel overall, which is why I'm only willing to watch certain movies yeah. if it's a character that I've got interest in because um, you know, it's, like, it's like chewing flavorless bubblegum at some point. You just you chewing, you're chewing, but... The flavor's gone. Yeah, the flavor's gone. The hope's gone. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't really particularly disagree with you at all. I think you're, you're kind of on the money. I mean, certainly it was a, it was a very poor finale. The second last episode where Vision actually, or not Vision, Ultron actually wins was reasonably interesting. Like, it, I, I was reasonably invested. I, I, I was, you know, I enjoyed it. But the way they couldn't just let that happen and let it have this, this, this world where you know, he succeeded. You know what I mean? Like, there's a world mm. where he succeeded. Like, I can live with that knowledge well, and I can go to bed. You know, it's not, it's not, the, it's, 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 it's just fiction. But instead, well, they okay, have well, to he, build Here's it. a question for you. How many episodes were there? Eight? Uh, eight or nine, yeah. Okay. And there's been more movies than that, right? Yeah, definitely. Marvel, a lot more movies. So yeah. really, what they should have done to make, again, to make it a proper what if, and maybe get two or three seasons out of the show if you're going to be doing, say, roughly about eight episodes. Mm. You take every single movie mm. and you find the pivotal moment. Mm. And then you just go, what if? And then you do a what if where that pivotal moment changes the story. Again, what if Ultron won? Yeah. You know, uh, 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 what if um, uh, What if maybe like Loki turned Hulk? Sure. You know, yeah. like where you know when Hulk goes crazy on the thing. Yeah. What if Hulk becomes his slave then? Yeah. Okay. That'd be cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, just find pivotal moments from all the movies. And they sort of do that a bit, though, Rich. They sort of did that. There's a lot of. Yeah, but you know. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that I don't feel like they've found a. I don't think they've found good pivotal moments in a lot of the shows. From what, whenever we've discussed, all, all, the, about all the they episodes. end with every episode, at, at least nearly every episode ends with Thanos like, coming through. That's the end of it all because yes. it all ties into – and that then ties into the what if Ultron won. And for me, honestly, between you and me, I thought that was a little lazy. And you may argue that was needed. You Writers' rooms have existed for a long time. The Twilight Zone told anthology stories. So did Outer Limits. It's possible. Mm. You know, like, don't feed me this bullshit that they couldn't have come up with nine different fucking stories that didn't have to interconnect. It's, you know – it's quite possible to do well, that. To be fair, they probably think they've been clever. Yeah, well, unfortunately, what it came down to was very lazy and boring. Was the most was the the primary emotion in watching the, the final episode was boredom. Um, and if they <laughs> if they enough. if that was their goal, well, they succeeded. Um, Adam the computer has seen no time to die. By the way, he gave it seven out of ten. Said it was pretty decent. Um, I have seen some very negative fan reaction. Uh, you know, Robert Meyer Burnett, he was very critical of it on Twitter, I saw. 
and I have seen some I have seen some feedback where it's getting some negative uh, attention. So we will watch this space. Um, I will see it when it's available. Well, uh, I mean, this movie is even before it came out, there were so many naysayers. There were so many issues with this movie because there was all this talk about he wasn't going to be James Bond and they're going to be replace him and all that. Now, whether any of that stuff is true, that sort of stuff does turn off. Uh, maybe Adam said that was overblown. The, the whole, no, I know, I know, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not saying that's my point. If that shit is overblown or not even true, you've already probably turned off some of the, the audience who's going to come watch your movie anyway. Yeah. It's got a 70 on Metacritic, which isn't bad actually for a, for a sort of action thriller. Um, so it's got generally favourable reviews based on fifty six critic reviews. So seventy is it's even it's decent. It's not it's not a grand slam, but it's not not a disaster for a for an action thriller. Mm. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll keep, keep watching this space and and we'll watch it. Uh, what is what do you think Venom's got? Let's have a look to see what Venom's got. I reckon Venom's got fifty six. Oh, I guarantee you that'll be it'll have a high audience rating and a probably a low critic rating. Yeah, what are you what are, what are you guessing? I'm guessing fifty six for the critic rating. Venom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, probably, but yeah, I don't know, like uh, 49.50? 47. You were close. You're, you were closer than me. 47 and a 6.2 audience user score. Um, mm. That's 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 on Metacritic, which, you know, uh, I'll be watching it regardless. Like, it doesn't worry me, like, whatever it's going to be. Now, Richard, did you get a chance to watch Free Guy, which came out on Disney Plus? I can only give you a review for the first 45 minutes. Well, I, I will give a review first. I loved it. Loved it. I I thought this was the kind of movie I've been waiting for for a long time. As a gamer, I was in heaven. Ooh. I really felt like I was in heaven watching this. This is I've been saying for a long time they need to do more more games, like a GTA game that's set in the world of GTA. This was almost what I wanted. I, I would prefer it without the comedy, but I mean for me, enjoyable. You obviously had a different experience. Uh, yeah, well, I could only get through forty five minutes of it, and uh, what I'm going to say now is. Uh, not a dig at you. Sure. <laughs> After that you comment want, you just made. Um, but this is actually a terrible... The, this this movie is is like those old 90s... Old. Like those the, the net or something. Movies in the 90s about hackers. Yeah, like hackers and, and the made, net. And the and movies made stuff. by people who don't fucking understand what hacking is or how it works. <laughs> and this is what this movie is. This movie is made by someone who doesn't fucking understand how video games work. But what? I, I can't, Nothing I, I in this thing is yeah. accurate to video games. When if someone is hacking a video game, the yeah. fucking people at the company, the 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 the, yeah. the IT guys, yeah. don't create fucking virtual characters yeah. Yeah, come out and, and chase you. a character around in a fucking world. Yeah, that was they just stupid. eliminate him out of the game. They tup 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 bang, gone. Yeah. They don't create characters to go fucking chase but him. And shoot I, him. I get that point, obviously. Like, but, but it's not just that. It's you know, all of it. Yeah. The, the woman has to get a clip or some sort of shit from the game. <laughs> you don't create an avatar and go to an actual <laughs> safe house to download the. This is made by someone who doesn't fucking understand how video games work. I get what you're saying. I mean, you've got to suspend disbelief a little bit, though. No, 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 not to that extent, mate. And, <laughs> and to the extent that she's that she's chatting to a guy and they're going for ice cream. She's chatting to an NPC who she thinks is a player. They're going for ice cream like they're in the real world. That, but but that was funny that because he's going, oh, it tastes so good. She's like, you can taste it. 
because of course to her it's just nothing. She's just clicking. Yeah, but my look, uh, this just annoyed me. As someone who's yeah. been playing video games for a long, long, long time, I thought you'd have this reaction. This really fucking annoyed me because <laughs> this is made by to me. This is made by someone who's never played a video game. That's what it feels like. I think it They've was been told just, how video games work. I or they think, think it was they going for the game casual game. gamer, Rich. Like that's you know, it was the casual this, or the mum and dad. To any listeners out there, if you want some really, really funny Kiwi guys, right? Much, much funnier than Taika Waititi. <laughs> By like a fucking million miles, right? Go on YouTube and look for a channel called Viva La Dirt League. Okay. These guys make funny videos based on games. Okay. Game logic, uh, NPCs, yeah. quests, all that sort of stuff. And they are so much funnier than this movie. Yeah, okay. Look, I mean, I didn't think it was that funny. I just enjoyed it, Rich. I mean, God. And but can I just say, I, th- I don't like it. I don't like it when Ryan Reynolds just gets run of the. The, the the show you don't like it he, because he needs to be reined in okay. he's a funny guy but i think he needs reining in this isn't deadpool yeah but i think he was going for a bit of that as well you know yeah but then well then that's just lazy <laughs> like well that's what he's I don't known know. I for just, that's his that's his shtick now you know yeah i just i just felt like almost every line he was the every line out of his mouth was is some attempt to be funny and i was just like dude fuck man like just like Rain it in a bit. Well, you don't you, have to be funny, quirky every single time you what, deliver. What a line. did you think of the rather, uh, I would say, loud Tiger TD performance? Because that was something. oh, mate, I, I, that's off. That's pretty much <laughs> roundabout where I switched off. Yeah, that, that was right off. about the forty-five minute mark. Yeah. Um, although I was tempted to switch off earlier than that when the guy turned to the other guy and said. Yeah, that's definitely a sad story I don't want to hear about that's full of white privilege. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I think I want to switch off now. <laughs> you battled on for the signal for 45 but I, I st- minutes. I stuck I out for like a, probably another 20, 30 minutes. I, and then I appreciate shortly it. after the Taika Waititi <laughs> came on, I was just like, I can't. I'm sorry. Taika Waititi like, was I, dialing I, it right up to 11. For I, his... I gave you. Yeah, but that's my point is I feel like the two of them were just like, ha buddy, let's just riff. We don't need a script. You and I are just going to fucking riff this whole movie. And I was just like, I, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched it for free on Disney Plus and it was, you know, it was decent. Um, you know, <laughs> I, didn't, I, um, I did think you would hate Taika Waititi is so overrated. Seriously, I'm fucking... Oh, uh, look, no, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of his performance either. I, I felt it was like, for me, the time on that act is getting pretty short. You know what I mean? Like... The, the wacky kind of like fucking, not even edgy, but, you know, make-believe edge is a little on the nose. I, I just like the movie. I like the idea as much as anything. I love, I like it that they're inside the game, but then also you have them on their screens and they're not really in the game. So it's just, like the just watch Just watch Wreck-It Ralph again. I love Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph that's is a, a much, great, much better movie. That's movie. a fucking great um, uh, movie in a video game. Yeah, no, I agree. That is true. Yeah. Um, oh, well. You know, out of 10, Rich, what would you give it? I'd give it 6.5. <laughs> I'd give it 6.5. Well, I, I watched 45 minutes of it, so I'll give it a 4.5. How's that? Oh, that it's, probably being, it's probably being generous, so I guess we'll take that I know. score. <laughs> um, now, it's not a low score, though. Yeah. It's not now, a recommended 4.5. There's a heavy rumor that John Berthnell is appearing as Punisher in the Moon Knight TV show, Rich. I'm actually looking forward to the Moon Knight TV show. I know uh, our friend Ray over at uh, Into the Night and Los Angeles Krypton is really dying for this show. 
Um, what do you think about? Well, it? I'm certain. I'm certainly happy for him. Yeah. Are you going to be watching? But unfortunately, just just like Shang Chi, this is a character I have no interest in. Shang, I care about Moon Knight a lot more than I care about Shang Chi. Um, I mean, I bought the Moon Knight Ominous. Moon Knight has had some pretty good runs. I'll say that. Uh, maybe again, not my type of not character. Type. I've I've just I've never really enjoyed um, the character. The honestly, Avenger. I mean, I think there's been some interesting moments, but overall, it's not a character that I'm like dying to read or I'm like excited if they announce a new run or comic or or anything like that. Again, not saying it shouldn't exist. I'm happy for anyone sure. who is a fan of the character, and sure. I hope that they give you a really really good show. Mm. And it lives up to expectations, but also it's very odd that they would have the punish in in a Moon Knight TV show. But Why? I don't I don't Why? remember oh. him having that many uh, ties or run-ins with Moon well, Knight. Well, I, I remember. The, I haven't read that much Marvel, so I don't know. Chuck Dixon did a, a pretty good uh, Moon Knight Punisher team up actually in one of his one of his um, things. Mm. It was it was really good actually. I, I well, really... I, just, I, I just associate Daredevil and Punisher together, obviously, because they've yeah. had the. Oh yeah. They've been in each other's lives a lot more. I've just never really associated Punisher with Moon Knight. Well, I guess Punisher is just. Let, let's hope he's in it because he's fucking raring to go. He's been he's been sidelined for a couple of years, and it's almost like being back in Nam. He's been in the jungles in my mind. You know what I mean? Find the little man. Find the VC. And he, oh, he's ready to maybe back. they'll have him in the movie and Moon Knight will beat the shit out of him and say, there's well, no room in this world for your gun-toting vigilantism. <laughs> God, would I you like that, that, Dave? No, I would. I would be very... <laughs> I, I'd actually walk out if that was the case. I'd be like, fuck this. I'd be like, fuck this. I, I love Ray, but fuck this show if they're doing that. Um, I always said, and OG listeners will remember this, that I was pitching Marvel Knights TV show where you have... Punisher, Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, all in one show. And I always pictured at LAX, Punisher walking walking out, and guess who picks him up? The Rider in a car. And and Frank sits down, and the Rider turns around, and you see the skull, and the, and he's and he's grinning, and then they drive off. And that's the start of the show. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't Ghost Rider burn the shit out of him for the sins that he's committed? No, they have an understanding in this one, Rich. They're, 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 there's an alliance going on, you know? There's okay. a line. I, I I thought he was the spirit of vengeance. My mistake. Yeah, well, I mean, Punisher's all about vengeance, not vengeance, punishment. Uh, Ghost Rider doesn't care about your vengeance. He only cares about vengeance. And... There's, but there's multiple examples where Frank has stared down the Rider in, in, in canon in the comics. I didn't say he couldn't stare him down. I'm just saying it's very weird that the Ghost Rider would have some sort of agreement. Well, guess what, Rich? You're not on the writing stuff for this show due to that. You know, like... When we're picking our riders, uh, the first thing I'll say is Punisher and Ghost Rider are, are in alliance on this. Are you I'm down just with giving it? you things to talk uh, to think about, Dave. If you're going to be writing this story, yeah. Well, I, you know, dismissed is always all I can say. I mean, objection noted and dismissed. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> now, um, uh, Keanu Reeves uh, reveals the Batman co-writer Matson Tomlin is penning his live-action Berserker comic book movie ad- adaptation for Netflix, Rich. Yeah, aren't you shocked that it's getting a, a, a movie adaptation? I'm so shocked. Like, I was not expecting this Surely starring Keanu, yeah? No, why would it start? The character's <laughs> not based on Keanu, is it? <laughs> they, they might need to de-age Keanu as well, because in the, the Keanu in the book is definitely, as we've said before, more of a 1994 speed version of Keanu. Um uh, oh yes, oh yeah, for for sure. Oh, not even. Oh, I'd probably even say maybe 
what period mm. Keanu? Like Matrix? Like maybe Matrix Matrix Two Keanu? Oh, that okay, age? So, okay, so so a bit older than Speed. Okay, yeah, yeah all right. Yes. Yeah, but, but, but not as old as John Wick. <laughs> no, 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 definitely. I mean, I, I'm I'm enjoying it, frankly. So the, the the comic, I know it's a bit of a slow burn, and some people might say it's all a bit redundant. But I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's professionally done. Um, I'm I'm kind of digging it. It's not like it's not like amazing quality where you're like every episode leaves you. I I, I read it, and it's almost like comfort food. You know. That's fair enough. I don't know. I I, I don't mind it. I'll definitely watch the um the the show but it's a bit like the old guard like the concept is quite similar to the old guard you know how they can't die well well that's what i've said the thing is this 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 comic is there's zero originality in this comic so Mm. not to say that's a like that's a oh you mustn't read it but i'm just saying it's it's certainly like it's 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 retreading ground a bit. It's not. There's not much new in this. No. It's not bringing much new to the table. And it's also so, a bit slow. Would you say it's a bit slow? Yeah, it is very slow. So, which means they need to hurry up and take a left turn somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you know, like some of my favorite stuff is like um, movies and stuff that start off one way. Like, like obviously one of the biggest ones is um, Dustle Dawn. Great movie. You know, it starts off as a crime. heist, crime, you know, yeah. a crime thing with the, these guys robbing a bank, taking a family hostage and trying to get across the border. You know what I mean? Yeah, Very yeah, yeah. normal. And then it becomes a vampire movie. It's so you fucking know, like Halfway good. through, it becomes a fucking vampire. And that's what I feel like this needs to do. I think, yes, okay, fine. You you come up with this thing and it's like, you're like, it's not very original. Uh, we've seen an immortal character go through the years, blah, 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 blah. Mm. But it needs to take some sort of left turn somewhere to sort of set it apart from yeah. all the other ones that have come before. I agree with you on that, actually. Yeah, that's a very good point. Will, will it, though? I don't feel it will. Like, that's... <sighs> Probably not, I but it should. I, yeah, I, it should, but I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to just be a very slow burn the whole way through. Um, now, over the past year, Charlie Cox has been rumoured to return as Matt Murdock in Spider-Man No Way Home and in the forthcoming She-Hulk series for Disney+. Plus. While none of these appearances have been confirmed, a new rumour indicates Cox is attached to yet another Marvel Studios project, Echo, which could serve as a potential fourth season of Daredevil. Um, the news was shared on Twitter, but it comes courtesy of um, Daniel RPK, a scooper who is known to reveal industry news on his Patreon. Um... And he says that most of the Daredevil cast from the cancelled Marvel Netflix series are set to appear in the forthcoming Echo series on Disney. So what do you think, Rich? Do you think really they're going to dig back up Charlie Cox Daredevil and put on Disney Plus? Could be. Could. Could potentially. Well, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Um, we, 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 We certainly know that Disney generally prefers to buy stuff and then completely scrap it and sure. start from scratch. I mean, if Star Wars is a perfect fucking example of that, mm. where they completely dismiss decades worth of, of novels and comics sure. and stuff, sure. uh, which not saying that they have to make it canon, but they completely dismiss it. Yeah. And then now what I've noticed is since there's, everyone kind of generally dislikes their Disney Star Wars, they're now slowly starting to incorporate characters and stuff from the, the the stuff that they said doesn't matter right yeah 
you know, like uh, they've even introduced a character in the comics. I haven't read it, but I saw a picture which looks a hell of a lot like Darth Bane. Right. If anyone knows who Darth Bane is, they'll know what I'm oh, talking I've, about. I've heard of the you character. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the same, like exact same look. So my point is like, they didn't create those those shows. No, they'll create it. So Netflix. I don't know. Yeah. Disney tend, as I said, they might turn and say, "Look, yeah, we're going to do our own Daredevil. It won't be that guy. Mm. It'll be a completely different one." Do or, you think he's going to turn you know, up in Spider Man, or do you think that's just a bullshit <sighs> rumor? If you had to put your money on it, or your cash, is he turning up or not? I, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's the safest bet, Rich. I think that's a safe bet. Um, again, the only reason I don't think, and also one of the reasons why I don't think Punisher will be in the Moon Knight is I just don't think that Disney wants to establish those characters and use them yet. Yeah, yeah. No, you could be right. I don't think that's because the thing is they don't have any plans for that. I don't think Punisher will be in Moon Knight, frankly. I, I, I'd be very surprised if he is. I, the Charlie Cox as Daredevil, I think they may re, may, and I, I note the keyword there, may. I think they may well lose. Um, there's just been so many rumours about him being in She-Hulk. Um, I think that there could be some credibility there, but I, I don't think they'll use Punisher. Uh, at least well, here, and, that, and again, and here's the thing, and I just want to make this thing. I never said that Daredevil couldn't be in the stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. You're I, saying just, a, a I don't Daredevil. know if Charlie Cox will be in it. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a... That, that's not a hot take. I think that that's the safer bet. But we'll see. Well, you know, it's interesting nonetheless. Now, what about this? Kevin Smith again. Oh, my God, Kevin Smith. Oh, um, seriously. So Kevin Smith was talking about when I believe the first – was it, is his name Edgar Wright? Uh, the guy who's done Hot Fuzz and all that stuff. Is his name Edgar Wright? I want to yeah, say yeah, 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 Edgar Wright. So he was, as we all know, he was on that Ant-Man fucking movie for years and then left and they got, I think, Peyton Reed uh, to come and direct it. And so Kevin Smith was like fucking holding court on this topic uh, on some podcast. He said, it felt like it was a teachable moment, said Smith, where it wasn't like Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige had sort of come to Jesus. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. But we have seen Autaire movies, Marvel movies since then, hands down, have we? So it looks like they are, I wouldn't say loosening up, but I think they're letting people bring more of their own style into it. What or ten movies have they done? Thor Ragnarok, I guess you could say. And no, no, Winter no, no. Soldier? If anything, that was bringing it more in line with uh, the Marvel movies. Yeah, I guess uh, Guardians one and two. I, I guess uh, we're being very generous to. Mm, okay, so like, the only or two movies you can really say was probably um, Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier. But is that not tear? Like, it's just a political thriller? No, no, is no. That, but compared to the other Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, it feels a little bit different. Yes. It yeah, feels a bit yeah. more serious. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know very I mean? it's very Three Days of the Condor in, in um, Captain America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing is, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, is actually very much like Iron Man. Yeah, but they did bring in a lot just of with, wackiness. Just with characters. They did bring in a lot of wackiness, though, you know? No, Which no, no, is... but that's my point. But you have to remember that if you remember, Iron Man brought in the wackiness. Like uh, uh, Robert Downey was, yeah, you know, he was quipping. snapping those one-liners and being funny and quirky and charming and all that sort of stuff. But that's just one person in the movie. Sure. When you've now got five people doing that, yeah, it seems more. It seems like oh, that's no, that's more. Com- well, of course it's more comical because it's comedy times five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now everyone's been like Tony Stark. 
mm. or like everyone's being funny or quirky and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually believe they probably did start off being a little bit different when you look at, say, maybe the Captain America, the uh, and especially from uh, Winter Soldier, mm. uh, Captain America definitely felt different. Um, and the Thor movie, actually, the second one was also different. It was actually a lot more serious. Mm. It wasn't a particularly good movie, but there was far less comedy in it than even, say, the first Thor one, right? Because remember, the first Thor, a lot of the comedy came from the fish out of water. Right. You know, I don't know the Earth customs. I'm carrying on like I'm on Asgard and people are thinking I'm weird, all that sort of shit. Like, that was the comedy of it. But the second Thor movie was quite dark and serious. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I do. When he says, or to, I, I think I agree to a point where at the start, yes, they maybe were going and allowing everyone to have their own voice. Mm. But then they just started bringing. I think maybe well, the success maybe after Avengers. Yeah. Well, Avengers. I think once it was Avengers came up to out Avengers. and Josh Whedon set the tone mm. for the comedy. That has pretty much been the the trajectory for all the movies going forward. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I agree, I agree with that. I mean, but, yeah, Avengers 1 definitely set up the template and they're definitely stuck to it. I mean, to me, they've stuck to it too rigidly. I think Doctor Strange 1 could have been a lot more interesting a movie if they'd done more with it. That was very formulaic. Oh, dude, and that's my wrong. point. Like, if they had gone more darker, more, not horror, but, like, creepy yeah like oh dr strange could have been so cool like if that gone even more like it gone even more bizarre like drug addled uh uh effects and 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 magic and stuff and all that that could have been so cool yeah um yeah no definitely they, they but they didn't they they very consciously went against it and made it very formulaic so that it was just okay decent enough for a marvel movie but nothing special i think uh Doctor Strange 2 with Multiverse of Madness with Sam Raimi, they're going to be a lot, I think, a lot braver. Um, but I think they played it very safe on Strange 1, and I think Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp were, frankly, boring, you know, and so formulaic that I was like, this is just for the Marvel fans. This is just those who like their Marvel formula, you know, mixed into their fucking food. That's what they were. Um, very, very, very uh, boring movies, if you ask me. Um, I don't know. He says all these auteur movies, and I'm like, what are you talking about, Kevin? Like, name, name them. Like, Spider-Man fucking, <laughs> like, well, you know, well, tough yeah, from home. But, the, but that's oh, my what? point, like, is everyone's a wisecracker. And I think yeah. that's why, I think that's why Captain America is a lot of people's favorite, because he's kind of like, when he does make a joke, it, it lands because he very rarely makes jokes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, if you look at the, even in the first movie, you know, he's quite, he's quite a serious character. Yeah. You know, he's not chucking it up and, or yucking it up and, you know, uh, being all Tony Stark. And in the second movie, he's definitely far more serious. Yeah. Very like, you know, self-contained, uh, very non-chatty, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's why people sort of like him as a character because when he does say something funny, it, it lands well because he's not always trying to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what makes him feel different. Definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't know. It's just, just yeah, Rich, it was really like in the last uh, What If, 
at the very end of it, they set up the concept. Well, not just the concept. There was definitely a character that was like a dark Doctor Strange that was kind of good, but also had like dark inclination. And it just seemed like there was a bit of a tease in that direction. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a role in Multiverse of Madness, you know? No, oh, possibly. Give uh, uh, Cumberbatch two two roles to play, maybe. Yeah, indeed. Well, the fact that it's a sort of multiverse, you know, kind of makes me think that potentially you could have a strange meeting a strange. Um, now, what's this um, thing here? Oh, yeah, the Groot. Um, codename Project Kiwi is a latest example of Disney pushing the limits of its <coughs> robots. And I'm saying, say hello to the Terminators, Rich. So basically, at their theme parks now, there's going to be these little robots running around. Um called Project Kiwi is the code name. Do you think, Rich, there is any chance it could potentially go crazy? Could have some kill bots on their hands? Uh, no. I mean, I mean, depending on the robot, I suppose. But, I mean, if you're not giving it any AI or, or uh, sentience, I don't think there's an issue. But aren't they? Are, are they definitely not giving it some sort of AI? Like, isn't it, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't imagine so. I would imagine it would just be like all the other animatronic robots that they've done for their theme parks that just uh, work off a program and just like just repeat themselves. Sure. Okay. Well, interesting. Uh, William Shatner, aka Captain Kirk, will take flight in Blue Orbit. Jeff Bezos is a space program. I believe he may already have done that this week. Um, you know, the Shat's up there in space. I'm, I'm on record. Good on him. Yeah, well, you say good on him. I hate these fucking billionaire joyrides to space, personally. I think... Yes, but Captain Kirk deserves to be in space. <laughs> yeah, if anyone deserves it, I, I agree. William Shatner is probably the man. Yeah. Um, now, how about this? James Gunn announced he's working on another unannounced DC project in addition to the Peacemaker TV series, but gave no clue as to what that is. Oh, yes. So... Okay. Fucking excited. Like, fuck you, James Gunn. Like, Suicide Squad was overall slightly dull, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it was it was nothing special. For all the hype we heard, all the crazy wackiness that you put in there, at the end of the day, there was very little story, um, very little to care about, and it was just well, a bit it's, warm. It's really sad, because I actually think there were some really good, genuine moments of um, of character in it. But it just got completely washed out by the relentless fucking comedy and and over the topness. Because there there were there were some I you know I believe some genuine moments that if you had maybe played that movie a bit more serious, yeah, you know because I I think I've said this before. I just think it trivialises what the Suicide Squad is. Yeah, true. You know the Suicide Squad is not meant to be a jokey jokey a wacky wacky adventure. Uh, wacky book. It's a serious fucking thing about these people that. The government is illegally using mm. or forcing into uh, servers and mm. sending him on these suicide missions where most of them will probably die. Like, yeah. I mean, that just seems like something that should be treated with a little bit more um, seriousness. You know, this character should be taking it a bit more serious. But instead, they almost don't seem to give a shit. Don't you love the way he's <laughs> like, like, oh, I love the Suicide Squad comics so much. Oh, yeah, the Australia's run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, nothing about that was like Australia's run. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, that that's was, all talk. It's, a, it's just cheap fucking talk from the Hollywood bigwig. And, and we're expected to swallow it up with, like, a fucking spoonful of sugar and say, yeah, that, that tastes good. It tastes like bullshit, James Gunn. You know, like, frankly, at the end of the day. It's a, you're a Hollywood fucking talking head 
making another wacky, wacky James Gunn movie. The formula's getting very, very thin. You know what I mean? In Gu- by Guardians 2, the strains were showing in that formula, and by fucking Suicide Squad, they're all over the place. And I am not looking forward to his Guardians 3. I, I frankly am bored of his Guardians 3, um, you know, in, in, in all essence. Like, maybe there's people, that, someone out there, if someone out there really, really believes Guardians 3 is going to knock it out of the park... Yeah, so if you really do, do genuinely enjoy it, um, or, or anticipating, like, greatness from Guardians 3, let me know. But I've heard no one... I, I think the excitement level, as you say, for Marvel is on the wane as in it's plateauing, but I think on some particular franchises, they're really running out of juice fast. Um, and I think Guardians is something that's going to start overstaying its Walker before too long. I don't think it's that fascinating. I don't think it's that funny. And I don't think he's that funny. And I think he's more and more... He's It's the same old tricks. We've seen them all before. He's the M. Night Shyamalan of the Marvel Universe now. You know? He's, yeah. He's been I, exposed. The problem is also, um, like... Comedy is very difficult because if you look at if you look at any franchise that's based around comedy series, yeah, the longer the franchises go, it's like the less I don't know if it's a less funny, but you almost become maybe desensitized to the jokes. Totally agree. Yep. Like they don't land as much as when it was fresh and new. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. I you mean, know. it's the same title joke, you know, for cliche for a reason. Yeah, like it's just like the scary movies. Mm. That franchise started off genuinely funny. Yeah. But as you get to like four, five, six, yeah, you you just kind of being like, ah, I'm a, I'm a bit. It's kind of like the same sort of jokes and yeah. Ameri- what was that American that, Pie? You know, yeah. Had yeah I, and that's the problem with comedies, and I just think, yeah, yeah. The the comedy like comedy is very weird because horror movies are good because you can escalate, mm. you know, and you can come up with fresh new ideas for kills, <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 all that sort of stuff, but. When it comes to comedy, um, if you escalate, it becomes wacky then. Mm. You know, so comedy is a very hard thing to keep going and keep escalating because it becomes, yeah, it almost becomes slapstick at some Uh, point. I I hear you, man. That's actually, that's a good analysis, Rich, frankly. Like, yeah, and and, and sometimes with comedy, it's kind of, there's, there's a routine to comedy at times. And if it's overused, and particularly James Gunn, firstly, I don't think it's that funny. You know, honestly, I don't think it's like that funny. I think it's like a bit funny. And well, again, uh, at know. the start of his career, it was because it was fresh and new. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, it's it's just same old hat. Yeah, true. And and that's where where we are. I mean, Joss Whedon faces the same problem on top of a lot of his other problems. Oh, but you know, yes. Um, <laughs> well, but, but, you different know, problems, but yeah. Yeah, but he he does like it was. In Buffy, it worked for a long time, and by the end of Buffy, it was definitely getting very stale, and it's just continued. Like he's had moments, like in Dollhouse, where he took away a lot of the comedy and just left a little bit. And I think he was at his best, frankly, you know. But mm. his so-called wacky repartee between characters, which at times was a trademark and and fantastic, I think as the years have gone by, has really aged. Um, and when I think of Joss Whedon's glory days, I'm going all the way back to Buffy, frankly, and Dollhouse. They're my favourites, you know? Um, mm. I don't think terribly much. I don't think his Avengers stuff was that good. Like, I, I honestly, I remember at the time, I remember I used to say it at the time, okay, it's okay, it's a TV movie, is how I felt. Like, I I didn't feel, I, like, I put the Russo brothers work above Joss Whedon in terms of the Marvel movies, you know? 
I think that they've been more successful. Um, personally, that's that's my assessment. Well, but, you know. I, I think their their strength is that I think they know when to be funny and when to be uh, serious. Sure. M- m- most of the time, again, not not saying they're perfect, but I think more times out of ten, uh, out of uh, enough, they 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 tend to know when it's time not to joke. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or or have someone be a smart ass or something like that. Josh Whedon, I think he he misses. Uh, he he has had his moments where it's a bit serious, but I think sometimes he's not he's not good at at um, the placement. Mm. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. Now, Rich, there's apparently signs in the works for a sequel to the Batman. Uh, Warner's are very hot on this. I mean, this isn't a surprise at all, is it? Really? Like, <laughs> well. I'm just, uh, it's surprising that they still haven't fucking learned their lesson, but, you know, what, what can you do? Well, what do you mean by that? Stop greenlighting things before movies come out. Although Batman's a bit Stop. of an exception. They always greenlight Batman, you know? Yeah, but again, this is this is going to be a very different Batman to probably what maybe people are used to. And let's be honest, I don't, I don't know of too many people that are like, other than some girl fans who are super excited about uh, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. As Batman, so I'm just saying, like, you know, um, since they've started to build this, you know, do these movies after Marvel, they just, you know, they've just been greenlighting sequels and all that sort of stuff before the movies come out, yeah. and then the movie just doesn't seem to do well, and then they've got to look like idiots by cancelling or mm. pushing back. And I just think, you know what? Just wait, man. Like, you don't. Wh- why do you need to announce a sequel now? The movie's not even out yet. Well, I guess they're just like. Well, I mean, firstly, it's it's not an official announcement; it's just rumors. I would say that, and and unless Batman bombs, there's definitely going to be a sequel. It would need to bomb for it not to be a sequel, because they, you know, when they think of Batman, they think of trilogies at least. Mm. You know, they know. I, I can I be audience. honest with you. I could be completely wrong, but I think this might be one of the few Batmans I think that just doesn't do well. Sure, like Batman and Robin. Was like the last I mean, one. I was going to say, I mean, you know, excluding the. Joy- <laughs> the George Clooney yeah. uh, one and all that. But I, I don't think, I, I personally, just by just looking at the movie, as I said, and, and again, the, 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 the guy playing Batman, I just, I've got, a, I've got a feeling that this might be the first sure. like Batman that doesn't perform well or get great. I sort of uh, think. A fan feedback. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, the most chancy one. Um, since George Clooney. Now, I saw a thing today that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was saying that apparently they're all starting to walk away from the idea of Joker 2. He doesn't know if it'll happen. Um, I enjoy Joker, frankly. You know, I, I thought yes, it was... but as I said, like, like, okay, look, I, I'm not a big fan of the movie, but not everything needs a sequel. Yeah, standalone. You know, yes, there's nothing wrong. If you make a good standalone movie, there is nothing wrong with it. Definitely, but I mean that's you know, not the way walk the around the table think. while you while you're on a winning streak. Yeah. But the thing is, the studios don't think of it that way, man. They 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 know that if you like the first one, you'll come back for the second one, kind of thing. Is how they look at it. No. Yeah, but I mean, I th- yeah, but the logic to me, which is I just don't understand them, is that, um, you know, one of my favorite sayings from uh, Wayne Gretzky is, um, go to where the puck is uh, is going to be. Mm not where it is. And sure. the, the, the thinking behind that is, yes, you've had success with Joker and all that, but it doesn't mean that you need to make another Joker movie. It means you need to make another good movie yeah. with uh, some with other properties that you have. Sure. And you've got a lot of other you know properties I mean? too. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've got so, I mean, come on, man. You have got a massive library of stories and characters mm. in the DC universe alone. You've made a good one with Joker. You can make a great standalone Joker and now go, great, this was a massive hit. What else can we do? Mm. Yeah, What's another right. property or character or whatever that we can make a hit? And that's what they should be doing. Not going, oh, this is a success. Stop looking. Just keep making this movie. That's the wrong thought <laughs> I process. know, but they, they mine it dry. We know that. Like, it's not even, like, it's not a controversial take. They, they mine it till it's completely fucking dead and gone. I know, but what's that, what's that expression? Um the sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Sure. Yeah. It's weird to me that Hollywood just hasn't learned. You know what? We don't seem to have success when we just try and do a cash in uh. from a successful movie. But yet when we do a new move, when we take a chance, yeah, it hits big. Why don't we take more chances? Well, I mean, because they're profit driven and, and, and they're, they're sort of like marketing and tracking tells them that, the audience will turn up for Joker 2. With it, they don't even have to make a good movie. It will turn up. That is you know. correct. They might turn up for a Joker 2, mm. but if it's just a cash-in yeah. and it's nowhere near the level, they're not coming for Joker 3. No, I know. That's true. And, and what they generally do with these massive franchises is they run it and run it and run it. Like Transformers and Pirates of the Caribbean are the two best examples. They run it and run it and run it. In the face of any critical fact that doesn't matter, until it just breaks even and then they quit. That's what they did with Transformers and that's what they did with Pirates of the Caribbean. They just they just mm. kept on making them. They kept on churning in the profits until finally they were like, okay, there's barely any profit. Call it quits, you know, and reboot. Mm. Um, and the thing here, I think, is Joaquin Phoenix himself is not heavily invested. So it's not like they have a star who seems to be heavily invested in a sequel. He is more of the actor's actor who's kind of more like, I'll pick and choose what I want to do kind of thing. He he does seem to be... He's always been like that, you know? Look, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, he, I think he would be on board if they came to him with, like, some phenomenal script. Yeah, a killer script, yeah. If, if they ca- yeah, if they came to him with, like, a phenomenal script and he read him again, holy shit, this is, this yeah. is brilliant, like, then, yes, he would do it. But uh, thankfully, yes, he, if you come to him probably with a mediocre script, he's going to turn around and say, nah, that's, yeah, no, that's... Yeah, definitely. I mean, that would definitely be on brand for him as well. He's made his career based on... Sort of an eccentric career path, you know. He he picks a big movie, then he does a lot, a lot of smaller films, and he's very drawn by the script and the role, I think, and the director that he's working with. Um, mm. That's that is his career. Uh, Dave Grohl suggested new cover up for Nevermind is on the way, following that guy, um, Rich uh, Suing, he, the 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 guy who was the baby. He, were, you, were you on the show when we did oh, this? Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so Dave Grohl was he, he was pretty much just laughing it off. He's saying, "Look, luckily I don't even have to be involved in the paperwork of all this bullshit." Like you know, uh, there, there's plans for the 30th anniversary is coming right up, which is crazy to think it's 30 years since Nevermind. I mean, I feel old. Um, was it big for you, Richard? Were you a bit younger? Because you're you're a few years younger than me. When Nevermind and uh, it wasn't. It was uh, big and popular, but I wouldn't say that it was. For you personally, popular with me, um, it certainly wasn't like uh, I, I wasn't uh, an edgy uh, grunge kid growing up. So uh, while I knew of it and I knew of its popularity, it certainly wasn't in my I can't wheelhouse. Imagine. See, I was. Does that surprise you? I was right into it. No, 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 Dave. I am one hundred percent not shocked. <laughs> I was wondering if you would be because, like, nineties me though. I thought that was this as awesome as it got and 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 i mean i'll even admit this like 
you know, when he died and everything, it was it was tragic. And yet, at the same time, it was all part of this kind of almost like death cult kind of weird style of thinking, you know? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. See, the thing is, for, for me, like, um, yeah, the, the, the grunge scene wasn't a thing for me. I was massively uh, a, a sports head. Right. Like, all my time was spent playing sport all year long. Right, I'm not okay. joking. Like, in one year, I was playing... Uh, soccer, baseball, field hockey, water polo, right? Uh, wow, cricket. Really? Like I, w- I was pl- literally playing sport all year long. So that's good. Yeah, I was not into the whole, uh, uh, you know, grunge scene yeah, and, and and that sort of music yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Like I had a girlfriend that was into that sort of stuff, but yeah. it, it never. Um, that's fair enough. It, it never sort of got on to me. I was just too busy, like uh, playing playing sport all all week long. <laughs> good, no, good for you, man. Good for you. Yeah, and it's just weird that it's so long. I guess it's not 30 years since he died. It's 30 years since Nevermind. But even that, I mean, yeah. I, I still remember um, the, the sheer impact of that song was just, the, of that um, Spells Like Teen Spirit was just enormous at the time. Um, now, Michael Kellishim actually had a good discussion point, which I wanted to bring up with you, Rich. Um, he says that DC's New 52 is 10 years old. He wanted to get our mm. thoughts about where it all went wrong, where it went right, <laughs> and favourite slash least favourite titles and choices made. Um, I'm going to hand. I I, re- I remember it well. I re- I actually remember it very well, and I was very excited at the time, and I was also stunned that DC were doing it because it really it was quite a radical. It was the most radical thing they'd done since Cross on Infinite Earth, which I wasn't reading at the time of DC, but I was very much aware of what they did with Christ and Infinite Earth. It felt like the most radical thing they'd done since then to me. Um, and I was a heavy DC head for 15 years, probably going into that. Um, and I was very excited, and I bought a lot of issues stupidly on the day. Um, stuff that, you know, I don't know why I was so invested in it, you know, like, but I was... Where were you, Rich, anticipation-wise, and, you know, how was it executed? So, okay, I mean, look, we can all we can all admit that it was executed poorly. Uh, and the reason for that is I felt like it wasn't – it's like they were trying to have their cake and eat it, right? Mm-hmm. So they were trying to sort of do a reboot without doing a reboot, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, you know, my philosophy is if you're going to do a reboot, do a reboot. Sure. All right, because in this new Fifty Do, they basically they they changed a a lot of characters. Mm. Like uh, one of the, I mean, one of the biggest changes is Black Canary. You know, having ties to um, almost like an original Suicide. Uh, what was it, Team Seven or or, or or something where she was with Amanda Waller and right. okay. uh, Grifter and all that sort of stuff and all that. And I thought to myself, look, Grifter. If you're gonna do that, then reboot the whole fucking world and start from number one with everyone. Yeah. Right. That means you you start again with Barry Allen becoming the Flash. You start with Superman coming onto the scene. You start with Batman. It means you've got to get rid of the Robins and the Nightwings. Sure. And all that sort of stuff. But you start from scratch and then you build the backstory in the world that you want. But you can't kind of go, hey, it's a soft reboot. Some are continuing so much. But some characters are going to be completely changed with their backstory. And I was like, ah, you see, this feels like you're trying to have it both ways. Yeah. Okay. So I think the biggest failure was they tried to have it both ways instead of just saying, that's it. Like, um, you know, because, I mean, don't forget, I mean, what what, 
what was it about 30 odd years um after the 30 to 40 years after the first publication they had the big um reset they had the big reboot which was uh crisis. crisis yeah right and so that's where like most of the board got wiped clean i do know there was one or two that didn't are you talking about crisis but, of the earth yeah crisis of infinite earth sorry yeah, yeah. mid 80s yeah but that was like basically where they got to the point where they said okay look we've had like 30 40 years mm. like let's start afresh well they'd gone from like 1939 or 40 or whenever it was till yeah to like till almost the end of 80s yeah like mid mid 80s so my point is like let's just you know i'm not going to be exact with the matter. let's say about 40 years sure you know um of like continuity and all the new characters and all that so you could argue like hey you know what like it's the 2000s after the kind of you know you could be ready for a change i probably mm. would have waited another 10 years before i did a reboot mm. but you, it's it's technically on the cards. You're approaching that you know the thirty year mark. Yeah. You know, and then maybe you go. You know what? We've had a good thirty years. Let's start from scratch and you know redo the world. But I was probably more excited with the new fifty two because of all the B and C list characters. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was that was what I was most excited about because they were doing you know Firestorm, Frankenstein. Um, uh, Hawk and Dove were getting a title again. Even Blackhawks. Now, I don't know if you know this. I was a big fan of the Blackhawks back in the day. Right. Okay. Um, uh, which is very surprising, probably to a lot of people. But I dug the Blackhawks. It just, I, I, it was a very sort of. It gave me that 1940s yeah. kind of vibe. You know the, air, you know the pilots. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, cool. So sort of stuff. I, I really dug it. So there was a lot of books that I was quite excited for um, in terms of. And did Black Horse um, have a new 52 title? I wasn't aware of that. Yes. It did, again, I think it got cancelled after like 12 or something issues. It didn't... Uh, same with like Hawk and Dove. I think they got to about 10 or so issues and all yeah. that. Um, you know, um, and there was some interesting stuff. That, uh, uh, Western Tales, they sort of brought out again. Yeah, uh, which had, I read um, that with Jonah Hex. Yes. Uh, and even OMAC got a book. So there was a lot of stuff that I was like, cool, man. Like, okay, uh, this, I can get on board with the fact that you're going to yeah. try and push yeah. some, um, lower tier characters. Right. Mm. Uh, but it just wasn't handled very well. I think I just don't, I just didn't feel like they felt like they had a concrete no. and, idea because yeah. again, the world had not rebooted. It was like five years later. Was it was five years later. Some things were starting from where they were. Well, Batman famously barely changed. There were tiny, there were tiny differences, but it was pretty much just. Batman, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Batman. Uh, I think even Flash, uh, Green Lantern, uh, didn't change. Even like Wonder Woman. You know, it's almost like they. Wonder Woman did. They had uh, Azarello and Cliff Chang doing that. God of no, War. No, no, no. What, sorry. What I mean by change is like they basically didn't start with their origin. It's almost like they were pre-existing in the world and then they were like, oh, let's tell you the new backstory. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Like, reboot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if other books are starting from number one. Yep. And, and this is supposed to be there for, then start everything from number one. All right. So, uh, well, Dan and Leo was on record as saying very strong year one. They just didn't have the plans for year two, which to me is a colossal admittance of failure because. Oh, yes. There's no sure. excuse for that at all. Uh, so it was a mess. But favorite titles out of it, I think Batman by Scott Snyder, I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed, um, I, at the time, I don't think it holds up now, at the time I enjoyed Justice League, if you remember how much I dug it. 
with Jeff Johns. Um, I don't think it holds up that well, um, but I did enjoy it at the time. I, I liked... Uh, came out a bit after the conception of New 52, but Superman Wonder Woman, I really enjoyed that title. In fact, I, I collected all that title. Um, I was very hot on... Was there a Grifter title? Because I remember I bought the first couple, but I don't think it was very good, but it seemed kind of cool. Um, uh, now, I wasn't reading Green Lantern at that point, but I believe Jeff Johns did a good job, from what I've heard. Uh, well, it was just continuing from, yeah, the great yeah, stuff he was doing. Yeah. So um, that one I'm not even going to count. Like, actually, comics, count actually comics by Morrison I, I enjoyed, mm -hmm. um, for sure. That's probably all I can think of. I haven't read a ton of it, to be honest. Like Wonder Woman, I, I tried to get into it and it just wasn't my kind of cup of tea. I could see it was interesting, but I, I, I would like to go back and reread the Wonder Woman that they did. It was a very different take on Wonder Woman from what I was used to. Um, I was used to the Greg Rucker Wonder Woman, um, in my mind, as the strongest run. Um, yeah, but I mean, definitely, and Batman Incorporated by Grant Morrison, I really dug. So I was I was big on the Snyder Batman. I read all of that, and I read all of um, uh, the Grant Morrison Batman Incorporated. I thought that was excellent. Um, so those two were probably my favourites. What about you, Richard? Terms of, and I quite like what I read of all Western Tales. I, I did enjoy that, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, I mean, almost every single one of them is my least favorite <laughs> yeah. of the books. But um, uh, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to exclude Green Lantern because that would be all my picks then because the, at that point, Green Lantern was firing on all cylinders. Sure. Right, uh, Green Lantern, Sinestro, like uh, Green Lantern Core, that was all firing on cylinders, right? That was going off. So that's a bit of a cheat to use that. But probably I... I I enjoyed the the Aquaman, mm. uh, Jeff Johns's sort of um, revival of Aquaman, which I thought was very good. It made him feel like a good character again. Uh, I did enjoy the Blackhawks book because um, uh, again, I like ensemble stuff and all that, and yeah. that was very good. But probably my two favorites of that New Fifty Two was actually minor books, which was Demon Knights. Oh yeah, that was cool. I, I read that actually. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah, putting these characters in the medieval. Yeah. That's why I said like, they should have just rebooted. They had the demon. And, and, Who else did they have in that? They had. Oh, demon. they had Xanadu, uh, demon. Uh, uh, I'm going to try and remember them all now. Uh, I think it even had Justin, the shiny knight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a cool. There was quite a few people in all that. I, I read, I read was, quite a bit of that. I read quite a bit of that. Yeah, and the other one was Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. I really enjoyed that book. Mm. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that was a good read, actually. Yeah. Um, I, again, I had more fun reading the 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 lower tier stuff than the Batman, the Superman, and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I I I really enjoyed, uh, and I'm, it's just such a shame. Oh, actually, I did like the Legion Lost as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay, because that's quite a controversial one, I think. Uh, well, because just because it was something a little bit different, because they had two Legion books, remember? Yes. They had the Legion of Superheroes, which was the the main book set in the 31st century or wherever they are. Uh, and then I just liked this idea of these Legion being lost in our time mm. uh, and, and trying to navigate and find their way back. It could have been a lot more interesting, maybe, again, if you had reboot the whole world. So no one knows who the Legion is. Yeah. Superman has no ties to the Legion and all that sort of stuff. It could have been a far more interesting. Um, but again, they, they they sent it back into a very muddled yeah. DC universe. And so uh, 
when I say I enjoyed it, I enjoyed the certainly the idea. Yeah, no, I, I, I when it first came out, I read most of them, and I and I liked the first issue of Legion Lost, but it did feel a bit confused, you know. Well, that's why I say it's because the whole world was so confused. Like Superman's book was books. Were, I'm sorry, they were all over the place. Yeah, they were. Like you had the the Superman one and the Action Comics one, and I didn't feel like the two of them fit together. Um, or Perez really quit. that well. The writers of Superman just couldn't get on board with whatever Morrison was doing because Morrison was doing it like five years before. Um, yeah, but you know what? I'm sorry, but I that's probably the first time Morrison's written Superman where I don't like it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, actually didn't like his mm. jeans wearing t-shirt sure. <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Like I, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't like his character in that. He came across as very brutish, uh, and this whole like punching up crap that he keeps talking like i don't know i just didn't enjoy that character as much as say like he's all-star or, yeah. or or anything like that so um yeah as i said i preferred the the lower tier books um, fair enough man other than green lantern green lantern was just like <laughs> yeah you were loving it that was kind of the final act of jeff john's green lantern run wasn't it uh no 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 it was more in the middle okay really okay all right yeah know that. yeah yeah it was yeah yeah it was I was probably about five, yeah. It was really about the middle. I think he still had about a, uh, at least f- four years still on the book. I think. Oh, okay. So a fair amount of time. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. Because he still, yeah. And then the Sinestro book came out of that, and then the Red Lanterns and the New Guardians and all that came out of the the New Fifty Two and all that. So yeah, yeah. Because that's the problem you see is that Green Lantern was on this massive high. Mm. Yeah. It was just having this rebirth. <laughs> So to you know, yeah, so to speak, and sure. it, was, it was coming off this massive success, and then they decide, oh, let's do it. That's why I said I maybe would have said, okay, guys, we've got like say five years or whatever. We need to start working towards like ending stories and all that because they're going to be rebooting the world. Yeah, but it was more. But marketing. I kind of feel like it this was, was sprung yeah. when people were in the middle of some great runs. Oh, dude, it was it was totally ma- the market department was driving it, like for sure. Yeah. Like the marketing department was driving New 52. I'm sorry. It wasn't the storytellers. Uh, yeah. Like the and very they, they, conception again, they, yeah. of it. You know. Yeah, I agree. And they, again, that's the problem is that they should have said, look, we're going to be rebooting. So let's start working towards that. And that way people can plan and, you know, head the characters towards that. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. Uh, look, I mean, you know, I'm, I have fond memories of it, I guess, because I'm nostalgic for that moment when it happened. At the time, and there was so much excitement and buzz, and it was cool going down and picking up all these random DC number ones. Not because I thought it'd be worth anything. I'm I'm not that naive, but just to be hopping onto something that was new. You know, there was that. Well, that's feeling. the thing. I th- look, I think people were excited because they thought it was like another reboot. Yeah. Like in the eighties, but then you start reading it, and you're like, "Oh, Batman's only been around for like five years, but yet everything's there's Nightwing. Happened. Everything's happened, and there's been three Robins." You know what I mean? In that fight. And so then people are like, well, hang on a second. Is this a reboot or is it not? Like, and, and Superman died. You know, like they were like, oh, yeah, he died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're like, oh, yeah, that all happened. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And it would have been very interesting if they'd actually said it's all starting, everything's at one. But yeah. I think they were just too sort of conscious of the fact that, I don't know, maybe so, they'll, you they know, wanted to have their cake and eat it. Yeah. They wanted it both ways. Yeah. And maybe cynically, they knew that it was a short-term thing, and they would go back to the, you know. Well, as you said, Didio said they only had a plan for a year. Yeah. So, it is what it is. 
Now, House of Dragons had a teaser trailer introducing Matt Smith and the rest of the Targaryens. Um, the spin-off is slated to premiere next year. I'm actually interested in it because I quite like the Targaryens and, uh, and their crazy adventures. Um, I will be checking it out, Rich. I assume you will not be, or will you give it a chance? Wouldn't the expression... Care less? I couldn't care less. Yeah, I thought so, man. Yeah. When, when this when this news item, I saw it, I thought Rich is not going to care one bit about House of Dragons. You know? Nope. He is going to be walking away so fast from that from that wreckage on the road. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even near the road, so... How about this? The creative team behind the Lord of the Rings film disliked Harvey Weinstein so much that one of the film's costumes was designed to be a dig at the Hollywood mogul, according to actor Elijah Wood. Sean Austin, um, he, the quote was, he had one of these orc masks, Sean Austin, I think, and I remember this vividly. It was designed to look like Harvey Weinstein as sort of a fuck you, Wood said, according to THR, adding, I think it's okay to talk about him now. The guy is fucking incarcerated. Fuck him. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Cool. I, uh, you know what I say to that? What? Cool fake story, bro. Fake? What, you saying fake news? I, he's making up shit, man. Because yeah. here's the thing, right? And I'm getting really sick and tired of these fucking people, okay? <laughs> Um, oh, fuck that guy. What a piece of shit. And he was yeah. such a horrible person that we had a, uh, an orc mask and it was the fuck you to him. Oh, really? So you knew he was a scumbag. Right. And you said nothing. Sure. Right. Don't uh, give me the shit. Don't try and make yourself seem cool and, and awesome now. And oh, yeah, fuck Harvey Weinstein. Where were all of you fucking people yeah, yeah, when he was doing that shit? When you were taking All the of cash. you shut your mouth. And you know what? Not just the men, the women as well. Right. Right. Yeah. He made a lot of women's careers, right? And they all shut up. Yeah, that's a more complicated issue, though, Rich. No, no, but but no, I'm sorry, Dave. Look, I'm not blaming them for it happening, right? And I'm not blaming them for uh, what happened, but I am blaming them for letting it go on so much for not running to the press or the cops earlier. Basically, yes. If he's doing this to so many women, how do you guys not? That's part of the whole problem, man. Though. That like it was so institutionalized, I guess is you know what you're saying. But in terms of all the fucking people yeah, who are happy I'm to take the blame on, on everyone, I'm putting the blame on all these fucking guys, sure, and and other studio people who knew that shit, mm. right? And now want to come out with these like fuck you stories, these fake fuck. Oh you yeah, stories. Elijah Wood like trolling for likes almost, you know, like. But every single person shut their mouths with this thing. Don't now come with your fucking... And amongst them, Tarantino, Kevin Smith, many, many people yep. uh, took money for Miramax. Many people uh, suckled at that teat, you know? Um, but I mean, also, I mean, don't, don't forget, these are also the people who cheer... Um, oh, fuck, what's that director who had to flee the country? Robert Polanski. Yeah. They give him standing ovation at an Oscar when he's <laughs> hiding out in another country. So, you know, that should tell you the sort of people that are in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, there is, a, there is some funny double standards. Uh, Kate Jennings, who plays Darcy in the MCU, uh, became the voice of death in the Sandman's Audible adaptation thanks to her friendship with Neil Gaiman. Um, what do you think about this, Rich? <laughs> Not feeling it? I mean, good for her. Yeah. Are you a fan? Um, no. 
I'm not a Sandman fan. Um, uh, Cat Dennings, I'm, I'm assuming that's the one from Thor and yeah, Two the, Broke Girls. Yeah, Darcy, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Okay, it's going to be a bit of a different uh, death voice than I'm used to, but hey, whatever, you know. Whatever well, it depends on what voice she's going to put on. Yeah, well, I assume her yeah. regular voice, Rich. Uh, I don't think so. You don't think she's going to use a regular voice? Or she's going to do an accent no, or something? No, well... No, not an accent. I think she's going to maybe try and do it in maybe in a lower octave or something like that, and then they can always use right. um, uh, audio stuff to maybe put some sort of filter on the voice to give it a, you know, because maybe they're just trying to go for a, a, a female voice to help with maybe like the etherealness of it, but then they're going to put some filters on it right. to maybe even lower it by an octave or something to just give it this really, and maybe androgynous um, real sounding voice and all that, but again, we, we have to hear. I don't think it's going to be Cat Denning's voice coming out of death. I don't think so. Well, well, death is a female in in the Sandman books. You're aware well, of that. I mean, you? isn't death supposed to be like uh, anything? Yeah, but in the Sandman comics, death is that. I don't know if you've ever seen her. She's like a sort of like twenty early twenties kind of goth chick, basically. That's yeah, the yeah, character but... of the comics. See, no, see, that's the thing for me. Like, I've always thought that that's just how death looked, but I've always thought maybe death always sounded a bit more like, um, what, like, as I said, androgynous because it is uh, because death is mm. uh, genderless, sexless. Oh, yeah, it can take yeah. on any appearance. So, sure, yes, it'd be how cool would it be that death looks like a fucking teenage goth girl, but then when he when he or she talks, when it talks, it maybe has this very um, like booming voice or something. Unique? No, not booming, but just like this very unique. Mm. Almost sounds like a man. Almost sounds like a woman. Sure. Like sounds like everything to everyone type of thing. That's how I've always interpreted. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're just going to go for a. Well, a I th- I actually think we can answer this question because I believe the first volume of Audible Sandman is out, which I think encapsulates that first appearance of death. So I believe that it might actually be actually on tape and out. I just haven't read it myself. Um, but interesting, nonetheless. Um, now, basically, we've come to shopping with the gang. It's actually been very light recently, Rich, but Batman The Long Halloween Deluxe Edition comes out next week. That's the only thing that I... The last few weeks from Marvel and DC and minor publishers have been a desert when it comes to collected editions. Can I just say that? A fucking desert. I feel like I'm Moses walking through the fucking sands, you know? Looking for the promised land, and it's nowhere to be seen. And the promised land wow. is my question, Omnibus. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. <laughs> that's how I it's feel. Your, it's your Jerusalem. Yeah, my Jerusalem, the Holy Land. And, um, yeah, and, you know, meanwhile, you're King Richard, Rich, just rolling around in the deserts as well, fighting Saladin, and, you know, you're not getting anywhere. You're stuck. You're stalemated. Oh, no, my three, my three novels arrived that I ordered, so. Oh, there you go. You're lucky, you. Lucky you, Rich. Lucky, lucky you. Um, well, diversified, Dave, you know. Yeah, I guess. Go get some novels too. No, I've, I've got the two Superman novels coming, Miracle Monday and uh, Last Son of Krypton uh, by Elliot S. Magan. They're on their way. So I'm not doing too poorly, Rich. I can't complain too much. Just last week I had the two Brave and the Bold omnibuses, so, you know. Yes. Um, now I we... need to actually buy I need to buy a new bookshelf soon, but I have, don't know where I'm going to put it. You've got all that room in the lounge room. You could put it there somewhere, couldn't you? I've already got like two bookshelves and all yeah. the stuff there. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually running out of space. Oh dear, jeez. 
<laughs> so am I. It's a good. It's a good problem to have, but yeah, it's still a problem nonetheless. Yeah, very true, Rich. I think many of us out there understand that problem. Um, I've always liked the idea of get, getting like a huge warehouse and turning it into like a mini kind of library museum, you know, for myself. Yeah, but then, I, the, but myself I don't want to have to leave my house to go get my book. True. <laughs> True, true. Yeah. You know, I could hire stories, but then I'm like, oh my god, do I have to go to the stories now to get a book? Yeah, exactly. Supergirl. Um, for me, this is a landmark issue. 
I think that the basically I, I love this issue with the power. I, I, I go back to this issue almost annually to read it. I love it. Um, what do you think about this one, Rich? Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, uh, I quite like the I quite like the ending. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, look, I mean, to be fair, it is a little bit boring. There's a lot of <laughs> talk, but it has a very good payoff, and I like the solution to the the candle problem yeah. and um, how they um, they're not actually they in they're now in a parallel. Yeah, and you know kind what? Every time reality. I read it, I forget that that's going to happen. Every time I read it, that takes me by surprise, which probably says a lot about my memory. But I was going to say, you should maybe start uh, getting yourself some uh, memory games or yeah. <laughs> tools. To I, I just fall for that every time. But like, it, it's so cool though, you know. And like, they say, no, we we you know we want to go our own way. We don't want to become Superman. Like they could all go to Earth and become Superman, basically. You know. Mm. And, and they choose not to, um, and they obviously go into a, a parallel reality um, or parallel universe, sort of phasing. But also with, without any of their technology either, which I thought was a good, mm. uh, because now they can't. You know, they basically are starting from complete scratch. That's pretty full like on. They isn't have it? they have no technology whatsoever. They've only got their smarts, and they're going to have to now conquer this planet, so to speak. Uh, or tame this planet like the ancestors did, which I thought was a good way because now it means that they're not flying around with spaceships or, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, uh, coming back to Earth or whatever. It literally takes them out of the equation. It's pretty full on. Do, do you think that that's going to... Was that the end of Candor City until until post-crisis? Or do you, or do you think it came back after that? Because I, I don't know. Jeez, that's a good question, man. I, don't, I haven't read, like, <laughs> all the books from that time, so yeah. I could not tell you. Yeah. That. I would imagine... Uh, I would imagine so. I, I would imagine that there was just probably a way just to get rid of Candor. Yeah, just just sort of like exit stage left Candor because mm. um, they were a very big feature in the Silver and Bronze Age. You know, it was quite common yeah. to see them turn up. Look, I, I didn't mind it in those ages, but I really, I really, as I said, I really disliked that they brought it into the oh. uh, the modern. Oh, you didn't age. like it when they brought it in with um, even with Greg Rucker and Jeff Johns and all those guys because they were all behind that. Look, um, I think they did something very good with it yeah. because it was there, but I didn't like whoever brought it back to begin with. Yeah, no, I hear, man. Like, I mean, it was it was a trip, dude. As they say, it was a trip. Um, but I don't know. I for me, what would you give it out of ten? I'm giving it nine. I I really dug it with a passion. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'll give it an eight. Um, it, it's certainly an interesting story and it's got a very good payoff. It is a little bit uh, talky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's not really that much action in it. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, I'd say 8 out of 10, yeah. Would you say at the time, though, it would have been enormous? C can you imagine Superman readers at the time, like, Candor City had been a problem for Superman probably for close to, what would you say, like 20, 30 years? You know, by the time that they they did this in the late seventies, I believe, sometime in the seventies. So, Candle City had definitely been around since what, like the fifties? Do you reckon? Would have been a pretty big moment for Superman to finally yeah. get that. Well, yeah, it certainly wasn't from the start, but yeah, it definitely sounds like something that would have come from, say, yeah, definitely the fifties, because just how a bit more comical the books were, I, then, I, especially after the um, the. 
the 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 what's it called the, the destruction of the innocence or something seduction of the innocent yeah the worst seduction of stuff yeah. yeah oh my god so fucking terrible <laughs> no no what seriously what bothers me about that is like this shows you why um when it comes to science mm. and I'm using air quotes, right. you don't just conduct one test because all he did was ask every boy in juvie, yeah, yeah, do you yeah. read comics? And let's say like eight out of 10 said yes. Then he goes up, oh, there you have it. You see every child in juvie read comics. So that oh, means yeah. it leads to juvenile delinquency. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That is a, that is a terrible um, system for getting a result. Dude, it was. It, I think even he admitted at times it was based on some pretty flimsy research. It just. It was the time of no. But the fact that so many other people didn't go. Wait, this is your evidence. You well, went to a juvenile was, thing and just asked them if they read comics. It's a product of the time. Product of the time. McCarthyism, all that kind of stuff. You know, it was all the sort of red scare, moral panic, uh, all that kind of stuff. The the fear of rock and roll. You know, it was all that kind of stuff. You know what Bob Dylan said. But yeah, but again, you see, this is what bothers me about us as humans. We never seem to learn because we've always been like, even before the comics, there's always something. And how can people just go, you know what? Why do we keep reacting like this? And it turns out to be nothing. Well, I guess it's a cultural, cultural thing. But there you was know, a lot of fear. Books, music. Well, it was the fear of Elvis. You know that as well. That kind of stuff. The fear of rock and roll. Bob Dylan said that rock and roll is about the atom bomb. He always said that, you know. He said that was that was the flavor of the fifties, the atom bomb, people hiding underneath desks, you know, fearing fearing communist mm. invasion. Like it was. It, well, it, there, it, were, there there was a lot of songs about um, nuclear fallout. Yeah, I mean, he did hard. Actually, a lot of the uh, fallout songs come from on the radio. Yeah. in the game. Yeah, but 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 even more than that, like uh, America on pills, running on pills. Pills were huge in the fifties, you know. There was a lot of fear in the society, despite the prosperity and despite the image, the, the Norman Rockwell kind of image, the perfect Americana suburbia. There was also a lot of fear, a, a fear of the other, fear of the margins, the marginalised. It was, it was an interesting, it's interesting to look back on it and all that blew apart in the 60s, you know, and it all went crazy. But leading up to there, there was a lot of fear and a lot of repression. And um, people were eager to buy into things that like pointed at other people as the problem, and uh, it still exists today completely, just in a different format. Yeah, but that's my yeah, but that's my yeah. You know, I understand where it came from, but that's my point is that it just shows you how we are so stupid as humans yeah. that we keep repeating and we keep doing the same. You know what I mean? We keep getting yeah, ourselves into yeah, these 100%. panics, yeah. and it, we never go. You know, guys. Have we noticed that, like, every time we have a panic over something, it literally turns out to be nothing? Yeah. No, I hear. Do you, yeah. think, do you think maybe we should just tone it down a bit and maybe, yeah, should we you know, take a bit of a chill let, look here? into it a bit more with an open mind and just yeah, don't be so reactionary? Totally agree with you, Rich. Totally agree with you. I think one of the, one of the best things you've ever said on Signal. Like, totally agree with you. But, <laughs> but we don't. And, and no, we, we don't. We don't and we probably won't. It's just it's just the way humans are, I think, man. It's it's interesting, um, but but funnily enough, he himself walked away from some of his own research, you know. Um, yeah. Then we had fear mongers, fear mongers. Then we had Nightwing sixty nine. Um, this was actually a very in- interesting um, 
one for, for Nightwing because this was during the Fugitive Saga of Batman. Um, uh, Bruce, yeah, I would think it was called Bruce Wayne Fugitive. Bruce Wayne Fugitive and Bruce Wayne Murderer. Um, yeah. And, yeah, this was just, this was basically uh, Nightwing, uh, Robin and Alfred trying to work out if another person had infiltrated the Batcave um, and in, infiltrated Wayne Manor via the Batcave to commit the murder, which Bruce is obviously accused of, which they believe he didn't do, and then they do find out that proof. I thought it was an awesome issue, I, I, and I'd forgotten how much I liked it, and I'd also forgotten that Chuck was writing Batman right up until this period, because I always feel that, like, he had left his DC work behind by this, but this was right at the very end of his Nightwing run. Um, this is the second last issue, I believe, until he came back for Nightwing Year One, but um, a really nice issue by Chuck Dixon, I thought. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Chuck's definitely got a talent of taking something that you w- would sound boring on paper. Sure. Uh, and actually make you care. Oh, like, for sure, yeah. Um, it's just also just the dialogue, the way he keeps it going, that you would just think um, Robin, Nightwing, and Alfred basically just looking for a clue Yeah. in the cave would be like, geez, that sounds like a boring issue. I loved it. But, um, no, no, but again, he, you know, it's a, it's a good sort of mystery and you know the characters are written well that he yeah he makes something that as i said sounds boring on paper yeah, yeah. but is actually turns out to be uh, an enjoyable read so yeah it's cool and, and for me it was just a nice reminder that he was still around at that time it shows you the length of time he was writing batman right from just before nightfall right mm-hmm. through to batman fugitive that's a pretty long fucking run you know yeah, I think I think Batman is generally I think Batman Nightmare is certainly his longest runs. Yeah, I, on, I think so. On, on a, ti- on a did title, a, did a hundred issues of Robin. I can tell you that much. Did a hundred issues. Oh of yeah, Robin. yeah. So, well, yeah, all the Batman related stuff is his longest run. Yeah, I, I, I'd say Batman. I mean, he did a lot of Batman stuff um, from the Bat Family. Um, now I'm giving it eight point five out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich? I'll agree with that. What did you give Superman three three eight? Did you give a score? Yes, I gave it an eight. Okay, fair enough. Um, then I do want to point readers, uh, obviously, while we've got Chad Dixon on the show, we're going to talk to him about his arc tunes and uh, Something Big, A Story of Alien Invasion and Streets of Avalon are two of my favourites. Um, and I just wanted to say, if you go to arc tunes, you were saying today, Rich, I, I, I've signed up for a $5 deal many moons ago, um, and there's a ton of content on there, and I heavily recommend it. So I just wanted to mention that because we are going to talk about that with Chuck tomorrow. Um, now, Super Cops, this has been recommended to me by various people over the years, and I finally tracked down copies of Super Cops. Did you get a chance to read this, Rich? This is the only one I haven't had a chance to Okay, I'll, well, I, I will give the pitch on this. This was very, it was similar to RoboCop in a weird way. It was all about taking people and then sort of like, um, how can I say, uh, programming them. So augmenting them or augmenting them and also programming them, which is where I bring in the Robocop uh, analysis, like literally, literally kind of brainwashing them and turning them into instruments of the law. It was really an interesting story. Um, it's quite an open ending. I think I'm going to ask Chuck about it uh, when we talk to him tomorrow, but I believe the publisher may have gone into like bankruptcy because the story, um, cause Chuck is a professional. And if he's doing a limited series, he always wraps a limited series. He's one of those kind of writers. He doesn't leave you hanging. You know what I mean? He, he, he knows how to close a story up. But this was obviously an ongoing that got cancelled because I think the publisher went under. 
Um, and I was really getting interested in it, and, and like, I was like, man, I'm really enjoying this, and, like, you could see it was kind of, like, ahead of its time a bit, too, and, I don't know, I, I just watched Robocop and Robocop 2 recently, and it was all very in my mind, and it was just cool, like, and it's basically LA, crime-ridden, and they're bringing in these super cops, which are augmented humans, but sort of almost have telepathy, but they're also, like, a bit drone-like. And then all of the but one gets wiped out, and then a new crop come in, like a new generation of them in sort of book three and four. Um, it's fun, and I have questions for Chuck, and I was just like, man, I could just have kept going. You know, you, you know that feeling, Rich, where you're just like, I could just keep reading this, you know? Um, and I was disappointed well, you, it ended. You should, uh, you should probably, we should probably ask him if maybe who owns the rights to that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, it and, and if there's any chance he could actually maybe uh, redo that. Um, yeah. You know, because I think he did that with Airboy. Yes, yes, he did. Um, he did. You're right. Uh, on, on Indiegogo and all that. So, yeah, we should definitely ask him if maybe if there's somehow that he could ever go back to or... And I was reading about it that the co-creator was a guy called T Tony Caputo, who I believe ran the publisher. So it was mm -hmm. co-created with Chuck and him and I think the artist as well. The art's good too, can I be honest? Like, it's actually a really... Like, it's one of those little hidden gems. And I want to thank Neil Matthews, who really pointed me in the direction of uh, Super Cops. And I've been meaning to read it for, for a while, and then I got my hands on it, and I, and I was really... I really kind of enjoyed it. Now, I'm giving it 8.5 out of 10. Now, then we had Justice Riders. I'm going to say, apart from Batman Vampire, this is probably one of the best Elseworlds I've ever read. I loved this. Wild West meets Justice League. I had a ton of fun. I read it today in preparation for the show. I can't believe I haven't read it before. I didn't know it existed, honestly. Um, and I certainly didn't know Chuck had done this. He does it with... Um, it's Jose Garcia Lopez, isn't it, on Art Duties, Rich? The, the famous artist. And, my God, I dug this to high heaven. What did you think, Rich? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, quite enjoyable. And, and what I actually liked about it is, I, I think he must have written this uh, a, uh, around about the time where Wonder Woman was leading the Justice League. Right. Which was after, it was definitely after the, the, the Giffen and DiMatteis right. era. Yeah. Which then, would they still had Justice League Europe and um, America. Uh, and then I believe Superman was leading the team, which was then being, I think, written by Dan Jurgens. Okay. But then I believe at some point Wonder Woman took over. Wonder and the reason I say that is because right. obviously this doesn't have Aquaman, Batman, Superman. Actually, yeah, Batman's it. not in this, is he? Yeah. No. And I mean, Clark Kent is he's technically in it. Mentioned, yeah. But, well, and you see him right at the end yes. when he's interviewing. But the reason I say it is, is because that lineup is exactly what the lineup was when it was Wonder Woman, Booster Gold, You uh, should ask Chuck, Flash. you should ask Chuck about this and say, how did you come up with the team? Was it was it just coincidence or were you given a set number of characters, you know? As I said, the, the team was exactly the team that it was when Wonder Woman was leading the Justice League. That's very interesting, uh, Richard. After Superman. So I'm pretty sure that that's probably why it has Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, uh, right. Martian Manhunter, Guy Gardner, All Wally West, yeah. and and so on. Like, that, that that's the only thing I, like, I can think of why. Because I was very surprised. I was like, wait a minute, Booster Gold? Mm. And then Blue Beetle? And I was like, oh, okay. And then, 
you know, Guy Gardner and then um, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very much Marshall that Man. I was like – then I was like, hang on a second. This is the team when Wonder Woman was leading. I'll tell you who I was happy to see, Hawkman. I was loving Hawkman. Yes, yes, and, and Hawkman was, was in it as well. Um, very interesting. I, I'm surprised that they didn't make Wonder Woman not Amazon. Mm. I'm surprised they either didn't make her either Native American or maybe uh, like um, uh, Hispanic, sort sure. of Mexican. Well, that's what I that's what I kept thinking. Like everyone seemed to have their power. Well, Wonder Woman seemed to have her powers, didn't she? And no. In no. fact, the only person who had powers was Hawkman, Martian Manhunter, and um, Hawk Wally. Man. Hawkman. He was well, I, well, technically, you, is well, it powers again? Yeah. Is it the wings? Blah blah blah. But like, she didn't have a lasso. She didn't have her bracelets. All oh, right, but um, they kind of did a tribute to the lasso, where they were like, "Don't lie to me." When yeah, she's got yeah, yeah. Where she up. took a rope and and, and got right. So and she wasn't like an Amazon. She was just a regular human. Well, I don't know because she yeah. still wore the outfit and and kept saying like right, yeah. Wonder Woman things. Yeah, but it was really like, cool that. But um, but Martian Manhunter was like green. Yeah, I know because he's actually from. He's Mars. still from Mars. Yeah, and Felix. That's Fox. what I said. Even Wally West still has his like. He's not. Bells. He's still he's fast. Yeah. Not not like flash fast. Mm. It's more like he's he's like um, uh, he's got like extra some speed, but not like the flash flash. But no, he's yeah. still like fast, like probably he's, five. He's more like Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, okay, basically kind of like that. Except he doesn't do much running. It's mainly that he's like super quick with loading the gun and yeah, uh, firing cool, the actually. gun and all that sort of stuff. And it was but, cool to no, see. No, it was really cool. Yeah, it was cool to see Guy Garner turn up as like a Pinkerton. Um, yes, and yeah. Maxwell Lord was the villain in this. Yeah, yeah, Mac, poor old Maxwell Lord. He always gets shafted as a villain these days. Um, yeah, that no, was cool. And you didn't see the nod to Darkseid with the train? Like, wasn't that a nod to Darkseid? No. Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> no, that was a nod to Lord Havoc. I don't know who Lord Havoc is, to be honest. Uh, so he was. Oh, have you not? Oh, uh, you you'll find out uh, once you if you start reading the Justice League Europe by Giffen okay. and Dimitrius. All right. Okay. I am I am up to it, but I probably haven't read deeply enough into it. Okay. Oh right, I thought that was Darkseid. Um, the... No, no, because they even they even call it the Havoc Train or something. Yeah, like they that. do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. There was something else I, I had to say about it. I'm just trying to think what it was. Yeah, no, but I mean, I'm, I'm giving it 9.5 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? I, I really dug it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a 9 out of 10. Yeah. Um, now, we had two trades of the week. Um, the first one was General Grievous, 1 to 4. I thought this was solid Star Wars. I, I like General Grievous. I thought there was probably a bit too much of the kids in it. Um, I would have maybe preferred them just going up against Grievous a bit more, but very enjoyable, um, and good to see General Grievous getting a run for sure, and and nice artwork as well. What did you think of this one, Rich? Yeah, uh, what I liked about this is that um, this actually showed uh, General Grievous in a much more um, uh, competent yeah. and threatening light, uh. which you know, um, which he was kind of at the start of his introduction. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then slowly over the years, he almost, especially in like the Clone Wars TV show, he almost became a bit more of a comical. Did he? See, I, I don't know much about him. I haven't watched any of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. There is a fantastic, which is not canon anymore, mm. but before they started doing the CG animated Clone Wars show, 
Right. They did a um, a, a short mini episode animated style in the the guy that did Samurai Jack. Okay. Yeah. And in that, some really great fight scenes. You get fucking Mace Windu who takes down like an entire battalion mm-hmm. of droids by himself. And th- that really showcased um, General Grievous. Like mm-hmm. he was just mowing down and cutting down uh, troopers. I and always Jedi. thought he was a badass, but I, I don't know much about him. I, I only know him from. Is he Revenge of the Sith? Isn't he? He fights. Obi-Wan. He's only introduced in Revenge. Yeah, he's he's uh, his first and only movie is the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, does he uh, have like steam like, coming out of his music. parts and stuff? No. Oh, okay, I'm thinking of someone else, but he is in it, and he fights Obi Wan Kenobi in a pretty cool battle. Yeah, but again, you only saw him in the movie, and the only other thing you knew of him was this comic mm. and that animated, that short animated TV show. But in the right? Clone Wars series, he's alive and fighting, isn't he? Correct, and he's almost a joke. Oh, characters. Really? He's, he's almost played for laughs. Got you. I didn't know that. Actually. Like he does start. Here's the weird thing. He does. He does actually start off quite dangerous because he has a, a fight with Kit Mephisto oh. and uh, I think he's Padawan. I think he ends up killing Kit Mephisto's Padawan. But as the series goes on, he and his droids kind of become comical relief. Right. Okay. Which sucks yeah. because he is such a cool looking fucking character. Yeah. Now I hear. Yeah. Like he looks really fucking cool. Yeah, no, I think he looks awesome. Like, I, no. I and I'm, I'm also sad that this is Chuck's only first and only Star Wars book. Yeah, no, that does suck. Because um, I think he, he does it very well. I actually, I would have loved to have seen Chuck uh, spread his wings a bit more in the Star Wars universe. I, I because think yeah, but you don't fits, see you know? like the, the thing about Chuck, which is uh, something I like about him, is that he writes certain characters. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think Chuck prefers more human-based mm-hmm. characters. Like, you know what, what do you mean? call them, you like, down-to-earth, him... like, street-level kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, like your Batmans, yeah, your sure. Conans, Punisher. you know, your Nightwings, Punisher, G.I. Joe. Green Arrow. You know, he, he doesn't really delve into a lot of the big, like, Mystical. either supernatural too much or the super-powered sure. yeah. characters too much. So um, this was just nice because it just it, we got to see him playing – in a bit of a sandbox that you don't usually see him in. I, I tell you something I would like to tell Chuck. I reckon he would have been great on Superman or like a world's finest, you know? I reckon that would yes. have been interesting. Yes, yes. And again, I have a question for him related to to, to to that, the fact that he's uh, like, um, is, you know, is that by choice or is it just that you're so good and that's kind of what you're known for that that's yeah. pretty much what you get offered? Yeah. Um, I mean, we think and, about his know, body of work, it's so big. As well, um, like you know, I could. He, I I I do know something. I do know is he loves westerns. Loves westerns. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, and, and you know, military. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and military. Yeah. In fact, I think on Arctoons because I was having a look on their website, mm. he's got. I saw two things there that says Chuck Dixon presents. Yes, he, he does. And like one of them was, thing. I think, western stuff, and one of them was army. Yeah. Stuff. Well, there you go. There, um, you know. You should ask him about I don't, that because, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to ask him because I want to know if it's stuff he's done or if it's just a collection of, like, um, I think non-copyright. It's, no, it, um, or... I think it's kind of like him doing, like, a talk on them kind of thing, like his favourites. Oh, stuff. okay. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of like, um, I, I haven't actually watched them. Like, sorry, Chuck, but I, I haven't watched them myself, but I believe it's it's almost like he's doing, like, a history of it kind of thing, you know? 
Well, I'll say this. Um, do you know what character I think he would have been if he was going to do a super-powered character, right? Mm. Do you know who I think he would have been, like, perfect for? I pick Superman, but Cap- who, who? Captain Atom. Captain Atom? Wow. Because Captain Atom is a military guy. That's a good point. It's Air Force. And Chuck is very good at writing military and making it feel authentic. Yeah. And then he's also got the superpower character in that session. Actually, you know what? That's a very he... good. That's a very good choice. I'd never even thought of that, but that's actually a good choice. He did that guy Gardner. Have you had a chance to look at that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got all that stuff, and I know the one you're talking about. It's the guy Gardner year one. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Like that, he he did something that was in your yeah. Green Lantern. But role. you know what? That that yeah. But that guy. But again, Green Lantern and technically Guy Gardner falls into his warehouse because they are not super powered characters. Yeah. At the at the core, they are human, with no powers. It's the ring, yes, that gives them the powers, and so that gives Chuck, I think, something to, sort of, um, again, it fits more in his wheelhouse where it's people dealing with gadgets or mm. things. But it's 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 people at the end of the day. Yeah, he 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 said before when we've had him on Signal, the one character, that, out of all the you know hundreds, if not thousands of characters that he's done, is that he still wakes up with stories for his Punisher. He'll wake up, not not being paid by Marvel, and he'll wake up and think he'll have Punisher stories in his head ready to go. That's you know what he should he should honestly just create his own Punisher. He does. He's got one. And use those. Le- Levon Cade. Levon Cade. His novel series, the the, the vigilante character. No, I That's mean it. like, yeah, but I mean like it, 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 do a comic book. Yeah, well, he could where do it. he yeah where he maybe can because you know as you said, Punisher is really off the table at the moment. Sure, like. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Disney is certainly not a. He would not be a fan of a Punisher character. No, they're running away from you Punisher. Know. So I just think Chuck could be filling a. Well, a, a, I will a say hole. this and to you, especially Rich, if it's written by Chuck Dixon. I will say this to stop. you. I will say this to you. His Levon Cade is a vigilante, um, fantastic, very, very much like his Punisher stuff, and it's a novel series. And Sly Stallone has picked it up for a TV show with the production company. So. We will mention that tomorrow, but anyone listening out there, his Levon Cade novel series, I think he's up to about uh, book seven or so in the series, um, get involved. They're excellent, excellent reads. Um, I want to check out his yeah. novels about the, the military guys that go back in time. They're awesome. I love them. Bad times. Chuck knows I yeah, love bad them. Times, I constantly them. pester Chuck with questions about bad times. Um, yes, Bad Times is a fantastic series. Uh, time travel series where they go back in times so like Roman prehistoric, uh, ancient China, or China, sort of ancient China, like whatever China is in like the 1600s, 1700s, um, and various others. But like they go back to Rome, which I love, with a passion. They go to the French Revolution, um, or is it... Might be the Napoleonic, but it's, it's around the French Revolution. It's But let me put it this way. They're awesome, Rich. You should definitely pick them up. They're all on Amazon. You can get them, read them. You can you can buy them. Whatever you want to do, they're they're great. Those series. So his bad time series. I mean, I highly recommend. Them. I, I've spent many times telling Chuck, I pestered Chuck with questions about them. I get things wrong as well, you know, like misremember things. Um, but no, I, I love those series. They're great. Basically, army rangers time traveling, um, getting up to mm. hij- getting up to hijinks. Uh, now <laughs> then, we come to our final trade of the week. Now this is. Drum roll. Um, something that I have... I, I, I sometimes have like this thing in my head where I like to delay things until like I save stuff for the show. So I've had the Batman versus Predator 
um, Dark Horse compilation, Dark Horse DC compilation for several years. And I've perp- and I've read Batman One uh, versus Predator One, Batman versus Predator Two, which I preferred to Predator One. And then, but I knew Chuck did Batman vs. Predator 3, and I purposely have saved it to do on the show. So I read it for the first time over the last couple of nights. I love this miniseries. Like, I think it's a really good Batman story with heaps of, like, character moments with Batman and Alfred and also Tim Drake, Adriana turns up. And then you've got the Predator, the father-son Predator team. This was hog heaven for me, and not having read this, it just transformed me back to a time period when Chuck Dixon was writing Batman comics, and everything was gold in the terms of Gotham City. Um, I'm giving this 9.5 out of 10. He also, the artist, Richard, on this, uh, I want to say his name's Rodolfo DiMaggio. He's his artist on Green Arrow, and um, mm-hmm. I believe he went on to be a, a storyboard, you know, um, story, whatever you call them, storyboard artist for movies. Um, in Hollywood, but I love this miniseries. Rich, where are you on this? Mm, I'm probably oh. not uh, up there with you. Um, wow. While it's well written, and I did, I, I I did quite like the whole, you know, oh, it's a father son, and they were yeah. hunting us because we are like they see us as father and son and all that sort of stuff. Um, I've also I. I in preparation for this, I read the two before this as well. Yes. Um, and can I be honest with you? The first one, which had to deal with the boxes, mm. uh, the, I, the whole time I was thinking, oh, man, this would have been really cool if it was Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, you know, since it had the boxing angle. But see, the problem with this is no matter how well it's written. Sure. I, and I think I've said this before. I'm just. What's wrong? I'm not a fan of. these predator stuff because there's no mystery right like i get there's a mystery for the characters but i already know i know who the predator is i know what the predator is i know what they're doing well batman knew so every time you're like batman knew it was predator yeah but like there was you know they were trying to keep uh robin in the dark and all this stuff and add to the like there's someone that doesn't know but the problem with it and especially even when you read the first two before this you know, people are like, oh, my God, what's happening? And you have to – you know how frustrating it is reading these characters trying to figure it out when you already know from page one sure. who it is. So, again, that's not a Chuck thing. I mean, he's 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 got to work with what he's got to work with. And as I said, it's still very well written. I mean, Chuck uh, – there's very rarely times that Chuck hasn't written yeah, yeah, I get your point. something yeah. that's not readable. Yeah. And the dialogue is fantastic. Again, the art is great. It's got a satisfying conclusion. But you know what? The whole time I was reading these, you know what I was thinking? What? I, I wish they it. had just gone balls to the walls mm. and done like they did with Archie versus Predator. That was crazy. Like, have the Predator going around and hunting and killing Batman's... Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it, it, it was the... A proper Elseworlds kind of thing. Yeah, because... It, and it really came to my light when he was killing Ice uh, Freezer's... Um, Henchman. Yeah, henchman, yeah. <laughs> and then they couldn't see Freeze because he's yeah. cold. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and that just got me thinking to myself, oh, my God, how cool would it be if, like, the Predators were hunting all of Batman's, you know, because it's an else, you know, it's an Elseworld. It doesn't yeah. have to tie into mm. the actual DC continuity. And that's when I was like, oh, man, like, how cool would it be if they just said to Chuck, fucking go to town, mm. kill whoever you want, kill Gordon, kill 
yeah. the Joker, you know, like just have That's them. Good. That's good shit, man. You know, yeah. you know, how cool would it be a predator going up against Bane? Dude, bring that in. Uh, you know what? I'm going to bring that into the questions tomorrow. Say, we, look, I love it personally, but we, we were wondering, did you have a thought in your mind of going like Elseworlds and, and killing Gordon and killing Bane and killing this person and that person and like making it almost like a sort of black comedy? Yeah. Yeah, like the, you know what I mean. Like that's just what I was thinking. Is like uh, my guess, my issue with that's these is no matter point. how well they're written, it's just not far enough. Or I dug it. See, I you know what I hear you. I hear you on that. Actually, that that rings a bell. And I love Archie versus Predator, by the way. But one yeah, thing, they kill everyone in that pretty much, except for like Betty and Veronica. Yes, but <laughs> like, one thing I did like about this, though, ironically, was the fact that it did feel like a regular Batman book, like. Yes, yeah, no, and again, that's a credit to Chuck. Like mm. again, it it does feel Batman. It yeah. certainly feels Batman, you know. And but again, you're dealing with the Predator. Yeah, you know, I kind of like you got the Predator. Like, just go nuts. That's go a to, good go point. To town. You know, that's a good point. I'm giving it nine point five out of ten. I love. Oh look, I, I'm still going to give it an, an eight out of ten because yeah, yeah. Uh, it's again, it's got good action in it. It's again, it's well written. Um, uh, it, it's uh, it's got a good explanation yeah. as to why there's two predators. So again, it's nothing. Again, it's nothing wrong with the story itself mm. or the writing. No, it's I know, just, but you're just like when I read these, direction. I just wish they would just go yeah all in, just go all in. When you read the three, which was your favorite? Because this one's my favorite. I found the first one a bit confusing, to be honest. <laughs> like. Well, yes. the, actually, this one and the first one are actually tied together. Yeah. Um, the second one is probably uh, second one is the one that probably confused me more because mm. uh, that one had the huntress, I think, and all yes, that. And if I remember correctly, and all that. So, um, I definitely say this one is probably would be my favorite, just because I think yes, it's the art's much cleaner on it, mm. uh, and it's got a much easier to follow story. Yeah, because. I agree. The first, can I be honest with you, the first, and the, again, this is another one. I felt like Chuck's one um, read quicker, mm. which was good. The first one, the first and the second one, I was almost feeling like Jesus Christ, like how much longer? Because <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's Predator and he's not really, yeah, he's, not he's not killing, he's not killing anyone of note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we did you know Predator I mean? one on the show one time, I remember. We did, we've, we've actually done, yeah. me and Stu did uh, Batman versus Predator one. I believe on the show early on, I remember. Because I mean, come on! I mean, you are you seriously telling me that the predator is going around killing all these boxers? Yeah. You know, the, the, these fighters, these prize fighters, <laughs> who he, he sees as like a, a thing, but yet he doesn't kill Gordon. I don't know. Yeah. You know, does he not see Gordon as the leader of a bunch of warriors, and so therefore, chan- you know what I mean? Like, it was just a weird things, and then Batman like. Uh, getting the crap kicked out of him and then being blind and <laughs> fighting. Like, I was just like, oh, this is a bit silly. Yeah, I agree. You know, but uh, what I like about Chuck's one is that Chuck's one is it's Batman and he yeah. doesn't have to, you know, he. Um, it's like another night in not... Gotham City kind of thing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, and you know what? His one almost kind of fits in almost kind of with like a, a Batman like TV series or something like 100%, that. Yeah. Like, it does have some bloody moments, but it's not overly. No. Uh, 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 bloody, but it does. Yeah, his one feels more like a Batman. Definitely, that's how um, I. That's how I thought when I was reading it. it. Hey, look, he was massively in the middle of his Batman, you know, phase. His, his mm. sort of like decade uh, plus phase on that, and and he it just feels like he was just like, yep, cool. 
let's 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 pump out this cool Batman story with Predator and bang, super well done. Mm. And I, I mean, I I think it stands up uh, on itself. But I do like your question, and and I'm gonna put that question in for Chuck. Did you have the temptation to go down the direction of? making it kind of like a bloody satire and killing all the supporting cast and, you know, that kind of thing. That well, is I mean, again, th- this is why the Predator movies, right, mm. they let you spend time with the characters. So you care about them before because, you kills them. Yeah, because they want you to get to know the characters, find out who they are, blah, 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 so that at least when they're killed, you can be like, oh, no, I like that guy or yeah. something like that. The problem with these, and in all three books, the Predator is literally killing nobodies. Sure. Yeah, like like Freeze you know I mean? and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, who cares about like uh, Freeze's henchmen? Like, who cares? Like, they no, have no different henchmen. No every one fucking. Gives, no one gives a shit about like Freeze. Yeah, and oh, he's killing these boxes. Okay, who gives a shit? Like, who are these boxes? <laughs> no one cares. Like, so that's why I was just thinking to myself, like, geez, how cool would it be if mm. like the Predator was taking on Batman's villains? I like the idea. And actually. getting into these awesome fights with like Bane or yeah, you know, um, and even Freeze because Freeze would have an advantage. I'm kind of feeling you know, and maybe pitch. that's how Batman learns about the, the the weakness or how to get around them or something like that. Well, that is how he learned in this book. No, he kind of knew that before. Okay, did he about the freeze? Yeah, yeah, like he learned. Uh, remember, he learned from in the first one how the vision, which is why he concocted the same yes, like infrared goggles when he went half blind or some shit or whatever. So, like, he kind of knew. <laughs> but that's what I'm just saying. I just. Like, I would have just preferred that they just say, hey, man, put Predator in there. It's a it's a standalone story. Yeah. Go to town. Kill whoever the fuck you want. I dig it, man. Well, okay, 9.5 out of 10 from me, 8 from you. Um, it's, been yep. a gra- it's been a great show. It's still show. good, though. It's great. It's, it's good stuff, yeah. It's very good stuff. Now, we've got Chuck coming up next tomorrow night on the show, and... Um, Looking forward to that. Uh, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Um, you make all this possible. If you can support us on Patreon, that's much appreciated. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Please give us a like on the Facebook page. Um, now, Facebook have now allowed podcasts to be on the actual page itself, but I noticed that there seem to be some issues with that still. So I would say still go to your normal podcast uh, places to get this. Your, you know, your Apple Podcasts, whatever you use, Spotify, we're on all, the, all those platforms, um, but they are technically... I always put up the link to the webpage on the Facebook page anyway and in the in the Signal Doom group. So you really should have no problems getting hold of the show. If you ever do, you can reach out to me and I will guide you, but it shouldn't be too hard. But I just want to mention that we do technically have podcasts on the Facebook page now, Rich, on, on Legion Outpost, on Dread or Dead, and on Signal of Doom. But when I checked yesterday, there was some issues, um, which seemed to be on Facebook, said not mine, because I provided Sounds all about the... right. Yeah, and I was, I, I was like, well, whatever, because like we're on all the other platforms. Like, really, I mean, honestly, like you can, you can, if you want to, the the, the link to the web page is on the Facebook page anyway that I put up for the, every single post that I pin. So you, you never should not be able to find the posts. Um, Rich, is there anything you'd like to say to you know the audience before we go? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and keep on killing out there. Good night. I don't endorse killing, but good night.